Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I got you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. It is Tuesday. This is your Tuesday episode. That, of course, was the only mashup you'll ever hear, I believe, with Jay-Z and the Grateful Dead joining one. Uh, I've thought a lot about... I I was talking about this on the Patreon uh, yesterday. I do have a Patreon if you guys are so inclined to join. I don't think you need more material for me, but there's a lot of material on there. But I was doing a solo recap of Real Housewives of New York last night. Because it was a weird episode last week. And I was talking, I don't know, I was talking about in the beginning that I, how much I under, well, as you get older, uh, God forbid, one of the things that I have have started to appreciate, 
it's always on hikes that I really I'm, I'm deep in thought. And then it's usually just thinking about like jam bands or like mashups or, you know, that's when I really let myself philosophize or on hikes. Uh, but I was thinking about how as a, when I was younger, I hated jam bands. I was like, what the F is like? I don't need a 10 minute song. Give me like three, three minute songs. Give me the hit. Hit me with it. I want all the I want all the goodness right then and there. But as you get older, I think uh, I was so proud of myself for this thought. <laughs> you, do you guys ever have that where you're like, you're like, damn, that was a really good thought, dude. Like, I mean, like there were just certain. Th- I was really happy with this thought. Was that when you get older, you start to appreciate jam bands more because you realize life is long and it's not all just exciting moments. Is that you appreciate the exciting moments more? Because you work up to them, you know, life is long, hopefully, uh, you know, and uh, there is all this time that that is builds to some crescendo or some big jam beat or chorus or whatever. And that's as I get older, I get excited about those. So like you, you kind of get excited when I see, uh, I've never seen the Grateful Dead in concert. I would love to go see the Dead and Company, which John Mayer is their guitarist, which I listened to his EP. I know a lot of you, uh, ladies like the old John Mayer and it was, it was good. And I was complaining about the lack of saxophone last week in the, in the podcast of like on songs. And guess what? John Mayer album has a lot of sax, a lot of sax. He's bringing sax back. Also, I also listened to another album by this guy, Rostam, R-O-S-T-A-M. He used to be one of the guys in Vampire Weekend, which is just, I, I love that band as well. But he split off, and he has a new solo album called Changeophobia, and sax is all over the place in that album. So I felt like a real jerk last week when I said there was no sax anymore, and then I listened to two albums this weekend with sax. Anyways... Uh, Dead and Company is, you know, Grateful Dead is kind of known for their jams, and I've never got to see that, but I would love to see Dead and Company one day just to see what that's all about. Plus, I love the thought of girls going to Dead and Company to see John Mayer, and then they're like, when is he going to play Your Body is a Wonderland? Is he going to play anything off Continuum? <laughs> Where's, you know, and it's just so, I just thought that, I always giggle when I think of like girls going to the Grateful Dead show and then realizing they know none of the songs. But yeah, I, I get, I, I don't know. And jam bands aren't just like, you know, guitar and noodling. I'm talking about LCD sound system, I think is a jam band because they have these kind of epic eight or nine minute songs. I mean, even Counting Crows, which is like I I bring up all the time, they're kind of a jam band. They'll do these really long renditions of certain songs. I think it's awesome. But anyways, that's what I think of as life now. It's not just those like just really quick, big moments. It's these long, drawn-out things, and only some of it's exciting, but the the long, drawn-out part makes you really appreciate when it does get exciting. And I want to say I feel like I'm in an exciting moment right now with this podcast. What if I was like, right now with this episode, this is the most exciting thing you're ever going to hear in your life. Get ready. Buckle up, Jack. I'm going to knock you off on your coal mining asses, you guys. Uh, Monday's episode with Sophie Ross. That was fun, right? A little wild. It's getting goofy. Uh, Bill and Becky Bailey returned. You guys, I went out bowling with my dad today and his eight guy friends. Uh, they had not gone bowling together in a year and a half since COVID. So it was back. And I'm going to tell you about my adventures with them on Wednesday. I recorded some audio. I don't know what it sounds like, but it was, uh, if you guys saw my Instagram stories, you saw a little bit of it. 
Uh, but it was a rush. We went into a bowling alley, you guys, without masks on. I felt like I was breaking the law. I felt like I was like, am I going to get arrested? I, it felt so weird. I was like, should I? I almost, I was like, do I, I felt like I needed to put something on. So I put a condom on. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm still with Bill and Becky Bailey. It is uh, always fun to catch up with the, the, the folks. Mom uh, talked uh, at me on the couch for a good hour and a half tonight. Uh, and I think she had a good time with that. And uh, yeah, no, everything is good over here, but we have an excellent show for you today. And this, like I said, this is like a jam band. This is a little bit long. These are like two hour episodes and I kind of like that. You know, leave the short, quick stuff to, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Let's kind of like take our time spread out. Today is very exciting because you guys know how much I'm enjoying Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season. I think we are potentially three episodes in and it, potentially it's going to be one of the best seasons of all time because we haven't even hit the Erica Jane stuff yet. But I wanted to get you guys primed for the Erica Jane stuff. Now you're like, Ryan, I know all about it, blah, blah, blah. But let's get deep. Let's get intense. Now there's a lot of Bravo Instagram accounts. You guys know how I love Instagram. Uh, I don't do deep dives on my page. If I do there, you know, like I'll do some things here and there, but I don't go into court documents or uh, my brain doesn't work like that. But uh, there's a lot of great accounts on uh, Instagram that do. I'm thinking like Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. Uh, I'm like uh, Talk of Shame. I'm forgetting 3,000 accounts right now. But today we have a, a newer account that I've gotten hip to that I really, really dig. And it's at uh, Bravo Bone Collector. And it's actually two people. We have one of them on today. And I love when uh, – I love when – they don't reveal their names. Like, it's kind of exciting. I get, I really, I'm like, yeah. And don't worry, it's not like Demois where we have like a voice changer like the last time. This is, you know, we get her actual voice. But we go deep on Erica Jane. We break down some of the court documents, the episode. We go into uh, Chris Jenner a little bit. We go uh, Real Housewives of Orange County and the rumor that Tamara and Heather Debro are coming back. This is a really great conversation, and I geeked out. Like I have never talked with this uh, this lady before, and we, I think, had the best time. I hope you guys dig this because I. I was just enjoying the heck out of myself. It was just really fun and informative, and it gets you primed for this Wednesday when Erica Jane, when the ladies find out that her and Tom Girardi are going to get a divorce. So this is kind of a celebration of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and pop culture in general, as all conversations do. I love when conversations can kind of go in and out of different pop culture events because we also talk in this episode about you know California. It's all connected by celebrities. And if you look at certain celebrities, they're connected by reality shows. You have The Hills, uh, The Hills, The Kardashians, and of course, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You could also potentially include Vanderpump Rules and a bunch of other spinoff shows, but it's all connected by reality shows and kind of like big wigs that weren't big wigs maybe like 20 years ago, but now have risen to power like the Chris Jenners, the Lisa Vanderpumps, uh, you know, the Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, the Erica Jane, 
You know, like all of these people, they're all connected. Like we've talked about this in terms of David Foster before and just how all these connections are had. So it is a very fascinating conversation. And I just like hats off to these accounts that do all of this deep diving work. And I want to give credit where credit is due because it's really cool. They really spend their time uh, doing this stuff. And I think it is just such a nice companion piece to these shows that we love. So we're going to try to do a little bit of an audio version of that. But I think it's really entertaining and silly and everything that you potentially like about this show um, already. So I do want to do a like a little mini recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode three. If you like full recaps, Real Housewives of New York, I do a solo one on there. Also on the Patreon, uh, my buddy Samaj uh, Blutzen from the podcast, uh, Me, I Am, um, he gives us a full review of Margaret Joseph's book tour from Real Housewives of New Jersey and Hannah Burner's uh, stand-up set from this past weekend. Um, I believe I will be posting the review of Hannah Burner's stand-up set on Wednesday's episode, but uh, if you want a full review, it will be on the Patreon tonight as well. So that is over there if you guys need that. But A Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I want to talk a couple things about it before we get into this interview. So episode three of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is called Sutton's Gotta Give. Very clever, you guys. It's uh, like that movie, Something's Gotta Give, but it's Sutton's Gotta Give, which, of course, refers to Sutton uh, from the show. So remember uh, episode two, we ended with Crystal and Sutton there at that Lake Tahoe uh, mansion that uh, Lisa Renna quote-unquote, rented. Like, right, like Lisa's going to do that. Um, Which, by the way, like I said on Friday's episode, same one they used in the Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode this past week. So... Once again, this reality show tie-in, it all ties together, folks. Um, But Crystal and Sutton are having this conversation, and Crystal is like, tell me you're the girl that says that I don't see color. Because Sutton pulled that shit of, like, I don't see color. And Sutton immediately got shook and was like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? Are you serial right now? Sutton is giving insane faces. Like, I mean, insane faces in that I love to watch them. I'm telling you, you guys, if you turn the TV sound off, you're watching a fucking Charlie Chaplin movie. This is one of the best silent film actresses we've seen, I think, in the last 100 years. That's how good she is. But Kyle's there. And Kyle's like, I just had this conversation with Garcelle, a very similar conversation. Uh, so, but she's trying to to kind of uh, you know explain to Sutton and and try to like kind of make sure everything works out. But it's just this really weird conversation at eleven forty five p.m. at night, and you kind of just see a couple scenes in this that Crystal Minkoff, the new cast member, is just tired. She seems just kind of tired, and I would be tired too if I'm always having these same conversations. Uh, and we saw this with the Luann Ebony conversation in Real Housewives of New York this week as well. And I think it's fascinating that we're having these kind of similar conversations. The unfortunate thing is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is so much more entertaining this season that it can withstand the weight of these important conversations. Real Housewives of New York is so all over the place that it doesn't, you, you have these scenes, but I think it is more effective as a learning tool potentially not only for the cast members but for us on a show that is actually providing us with entertainment and other scenes i feel it gives it a nice foundation you know so we can have these serious conversations and it feels it feels natural you know it feels like okay yeah this is a 360 world that we have lived in as well um but crystal's having to explain of like hey i see color 
I'm Asian. I see color, you know, like I, um, and, and Sutton just won't take the loss and she won't kind of listen. And Kyle's like, well, I did that with Garcelle. And she's like, well, you were trying to hurt Garcelle as a person, not a race. You know, I get really upset. I get really emotional. Why would you say that? And she keeps saying that she, as a Southerner is, she gets it because she's a Southerner and people have said that thinks that she's racist because of her accent. And you know, that is, you know, that's, that's upsetting, but it's not the same. I hope we can all see that, right? Like it's different. Like Sutton has not had to live with certain aspects of her life uh, being treated less than, I mean, maybe she said in an elevator, somebody thought she might be kind of a redneck, but it's, it's, it's just a little different. I mean, it's a lot different. And that's what I was hoping or hope that Sutton is kind of can see now, because I think a lot of with these ladies, they, they're so ego driven that the ego is taking over. The ego is taking the driver's seat. And so they're not sometimes actually listening to what's in front of them because they're like, how dare you? I know I'm a good person. I don't hate. And I don't think Sutton hate, hates in her heart, you know, um, so, uh, but Sutton's, even the way Sutton's talking, she's like, I don't do it, man. She's like saying, man, like, what's up, dude? I do not, man. Hey, hip, hey, hipster. Um, and Chris was like, hey, do you want to even know about my ancestry? Um, and my mom, my mom was watching this with me on the couch, but she was like kind of on her iPad. She loves that iPad, you guys. And she looks up and she goes, um... That lady is thinking about race. She's thinking about her own race, and that's it. And I was like, damn, my mom like zoned in on that pretty much immediately. And I thought that was such a, a great point of like not seeing color or race, but it's like, well, Sutton definitely can see race because all, that's all she's talking about is her own race, you know? Um, Crystal also says, the generation above me were taught to be colorblind. And Sutton is 20 years above me, so that's what we're seeing. And then the editors put up that Sutton's actually 12 years older. I mean, we know how hurt Sutton gets in these scenes. I would have loved to have seen the first time she read Sutton is 12 years older. That is such a weird editor burn. I don't know. But anyways, Crystal points out that her way of thinking is outdated. And it is, but that's okay. You know, you can, I mean, I have outdated things that I do. I mean, we all have outdated things that we do. Uh, it's not about coolness. It's about just getting it right, you know? Um, and they just agree to disagree. They all go to bed. Uh, you know, next thing we wake, uh, or I think it's maybe, yeah, we wake up in my morning and Dorit's like, Jaggy, look what mom found in her luggage. Oh, it's Pete. Like, Dorit is kind of sounding like Lisa Vanderpump at times this episode. But I guess uh, Jaggy, Jagger, her son, made like a like a cardboard leaf. I got to tell you, I didn't even really think it was that cool, but Dorit seemed like to think it was art or something. Uh, you know, Kyle's calling Portia. It's weird to start. I, I got to tell you, we all watch Portia grow up. It is weird to watch. It is weird to hear her voice get deeper. I'm like, what? Portia, what are you doing? Uh, the staff is cooking them uh, breakfast. Sutton's making tea. Rena, that old bag of bones, comes out. Um, you know, Garcelle comes out. Kyle comes out. Eye patches on her eyes. 
Uh, Garcelle says she couldn't find her sleep mask, so she used her uh, COVID mask to cover her eyes. And Kyle's like, Kathy sleeps with a mask too. Um, and Kyle lets us know that Kathy came into her room at like 1230 with her fan and eight pillows. And she was like, I'm naked. I don't have any. Kyle was like, I was naked. I didn't have any clothes on. And then we get a shot, which I'm like, how did this? It was 1252 a.m. Kathy Hilton is eating chips in the bed and drinking a Red Bull. And she thought it was a soft drink, you guys. She's like, what is this soft drink? I want to. And, and then it's like 1.05 p.m., 1.35 a.m. She has six newspapers out. And it, I'm telling you, legend status. Have we had somebody this quickly become legendary? We had Leah become legendary pretty quickly once we got to the Hamptons episode with the Tiki Torches, but of course now she has lost that legendary uh, status. I got to tell you guys, with the, on the Leah tip, <sighs> I don't know. I just don't think we're I'm not even seeing eye to eye. I just think she's on a different journey with her life, and I think she might. I don't like too cool for school kind of things, and I feel like she's getting in that zone. And maybe you guys are like, dude, I tried to tell you she's been on that zone all along, but I don't know. It just... It's getting weird. So the food's out. And we talk about this scene in this episode because Erica goes, yay, food. I don't know what you girls are waiting for. It's hot and I'm eating it. Like Erica's trying to be all personal and funny and like, I eat like a woman. Um, they're doing this weird bike ride today, which is neither here nor there. I feel like this is a good cast of people where they don't need to do bullshit like this. Did anybody go, wee, it's fun to watch them on the train tracks. Like, did anybody go like, this is magical. The only thing funny about that was Dorit was riding with ladies and she's like, I love my girls. And those kind of stupid screaming proclamations always makes me laugh, you know? Um, when they're leaving for the train track uh, train thing, Kyle checked in on Kathy at 9.37 a.m. and then checks in on her again at 11. And, um, <laughs> and Kathy's like, leave me alone. Leave, leave me alone, Kyle. Let me sleep. And I love that about Kathy. I love that Kathy knows what she wants. Also, before this, though, Sutton comes into Crystal Minkoff's room and they, they have this conversation of like, you know, I don't know. I just don't think... We kind of, you know, closed everything, right, you know, and I want to, and they have this conversation again. And also Crystal lets us know a story of like, hey, she remembers as a kid, somebody coming up to her, like she was in the car and her dad was getting in the car and they uh, pulled up to her dad and said like, you guys are stealing all our money and saw her dad go through that, you know, and and her dad never said anything about it, but she saw it. And, and it's just, you know, that that's that leaves an indelible mark, you know. But uh, Sutton also demands, not demands, but like kind of gets an apology from Crystal because it was like, you said, uh, you know, it was not nice what you said. You know, you said, are you the lady that doesn't see color? Tell me you're not that lady. That was just mean. And so Sutton begrudgingly has to apologize to Kat, to apologize to Sutton. And it just doesn't make sense, you know. Um, so Crystal finally apologizes. Sutton's eye kind of apologizes. Um, it's a weird relationship, but at least it's on speaking terms. So that's great. Uh, Sutton says we can hug it out and I'm not a hugger. Uh, she's like, I just don't hug strangers. Now my goal is to like meet Sutton for the first time and just try to give her a bear hug. Um, <laughs> so they do this railroad thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's whatever. They're going back to the uh, the place 
the uh, the Tahoe mansion. We find out on the car, this is actually interesting, Kristen and Sutton are talking about family. Uh, Crystal's dad passed away from Alzheimer's, and Sutton's dad... Uh, killed himself, uh, died of suicide, and her mom is a psychotherapist. Uh, he was mentally uh, he was mentally ill, very depressed, and he died 18 years ago. And not a day goes by I do not think of them. If somebody talks about their father's death, I feel like I can bond with those people who have lost their fathers. And this is what Sutton's saying. And I really had empathy for this. And it just goes to show you, you guys, even if we don't like what Sutton says in this situ- situation with Crystal, we hope, you know, I hope that she learns from it and gets better. But then you hear something like this and you realize people, you know, have so many ins and outs about them that it, it's not, it's gray. It's not just black and white sometimes. And uh, the whole thing is about just kind of learning and trying to be better people each day. So um, we get back to the house and Kathy, uh, <laughs> Kathy walks up and uh, the Belvedere vodka is out. And Kyle's like, where's Kathy? And Kathy stumbles out and she goes, I put some eye drops. Uh, I put some, no, I put some eardrops. I, I I thought I was putting eye drops in my eye, but I was putting eardrops in my eye. And I try to put a little bit of water and ice in them. And she, it's like, it's like, God bless you, Kathy. God bless you for being so amazingly funny. Like, that, that is good prop comedy. So dinner's at 6.30, but they're hanging on the, this beautiful patio. Sutton has these huge animals on her feet. I guess they're slippers that cost $2,000. Uh, we have this kind of, like, some interesting conversation here. Erica Jane drops a quote saying, I'm content with letting people be themselves, and that's why I love Tom. He lets me be myself. And anytime they mention Tom in these, it's like, ooh, speaking about Voldemort, ooh. Um... Crystal also lets us know about like $2,000 slippers. She goes, I donate things like that all the time, which now makes me want to find out who Crystal donates to and go like if she donates, is there like in Beverly Hills, some kind of like, I don't know, Salvation Army? Like, is there a Beverly Hills thrift store that I can go get Crystal's $2,000 shoe she donates? Um, but it, it, it's true. Beverly Hills is the one aspirational housewife show that we we have. Um Garcelle brings up that Paris Hilton, Kathy Hilton's daughter, was on uh, The Real or The Talk. I I think it's The Real, the show she hosts. And uh, she was like, uh, yeah, Paris is using her real voice now. It was very deeper. And Kathy's like, yeah, she's really really comfortable and confident. She's kind of comfortable in her skin now. And then Garcelle goes, she used to drive me nuts at her fashion shows and parties. She'd always be on her phone and it'd be, why are you here? Uh, and then Kathy looks at Kyle and goes, well, you know why she did that. She would do that because the phone was a prop because she was always so uncomfortable around people, which guys, I think there's like a 60% chance that's true. It might be true to a degree, but also I tell my parents like, Hey, why am I I'm on my phone? Because I'm doing important podcast business stuff when usually I'm just scrolling through Instagram. You know, Paris might have told her mom that because she was told to like stay off the phone during the holidays or something. And she was like, no, mom, I'm uncomfortable around all of the guests. But, you know, it might be true. But also Kyle was like, well, I'm glad me and Garcelle have made up or I would have been kind of mad she was talking about my family. Now, I want to say something that might be potentially um, not popular, a popular opinion, and I want to see how the rest of the season plays out. Now, I love Garcelle and how she stood up to Rinna. I think she was dead on. But I think sometimes Garcelle is 
I don't know. I'm I'm really interested because there is a part of Garcelle that I feel like I don't know sometimes if she's earned the things that she says. There is a, you know, I was thinking about that Paris Hilton comment, which is fairly innocuous, but at the same time, I don't know. It's just like, was that, were, were we asking you what your thoughts were on Paris Hilton? Like, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm curious. I just want to see how the rest of this season plays out. I like her. I just don't, I don't know. I definitely, I, I got to form my thoughts more about this before I make up my full mind. So uh, Kathy, they're all changing for the night. Kathy uh, has this red coat. She's like, hey, uh, you want to know uh, whose jacket that is? And Kyle's like, I don't know. She's like, I have no idea. I found it at my house. So I brought it. <laughs> uh, Rinna is FaceTiming Harry Hamlin. And Rinna goes, you still have your beard. By the way, some people have said Rinna has been Harry Hamlin's beard for years. hey Look out. It's Tuesday. Um, Garcelle comes out and she's like, oh, is everyone late? Oh, I'm always on time. I do not. I'm very. She's just. That's another thing. Garcelle seems very picky. She's like, how time is an interesting thing, but you were on a girl's trip. I don't know. We also had that issue uh, the in Real Housewives of New York where Ramona came for Ebony for taking too long with her hair this past week's episode. Um, Erica Jane is doing her own glam in this episode. That's huge, but also kind of spooky knowing the stuff that's going on with Tom. Uh, they go to the restaurant. They are all kind of socially distanced from each other. Uh, Kathy toasts everybody. Let's raise our glass and thank you to Lisa for planning this beautiful weekend and the night has just begun. EJ goes, uh, Erica Jane goes, I'm eating and I'm hungry. And then she lets us know she ate fast food every day, but Tom would bring home Morton's Steakhouse every day for three months. That's a bizarre piece of dialogue, you guys. We talk about that in the interview. Um, they're all uh, just talking. Sutton goes, I can't wait for my Lisa lips. And we find out that Lisa Rinna is doing her lip liner. And Lisa goes, a lip liner is a no-brainer. Why is it taking 15 years before I did this? I mean, you know, way before the diaper, way before the duster. I do want to remind people, yeah, Lisa Rinna, I've talked about this, I think, on the show already this past week, is Lisa Rinna was the face of Depends Diapers. Um, I, you got to get a lot of money. I mean, if you, that's, you know... If you're going to be the face of Depends, or I don't know if you're the ass of Depends or the face of Depends, but I mean, that, that is like a seven-figure deal. Like you're like, you you want me to be the face of diapers. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll be the older face of diapers. Uh, but also, once again, I want to point out, why would a lip liner be a no-brainer for Lisa Rinna? Lisa Rinna is known for having fucked up lips. I do not want history rewritten to be like, oh, she's always had these beautiful, luscious... No, she had like a hatchet job on her lips that have slowly kind of morphed into something like acceptable by beauty standards, I guess. But remember, like that was a huge thing that she had botched plastic surgery. So I do not know why we would trust... I don't wear lip liner yet, but I don't think I would ever go to Lisa Rinna as the first line of defense for lining my lips, you know? Anyways, like all with all businesses, she's like, I've had this idea for 15 years and I finally met the right person to be in business with. I love when these ladies paint themselves as like, it's been a 15 year journey, a struggle, if you will. I had this idea 15 years ago as a young lass and I traveled with this idea until I finally found the right person. 
By the way, the packaging on this lip liner, you open the box and it says own it, which I would just like throw. I would just like, I just hack that and throw that in a rage if I ever opened a box that said that. Um, but due to COVID, it's hard to get manufacturers for this lip liner. And it's supposed to come out Black Friday, Cyber Monday. My friend Medita, um, who, who works on the pod, got uh, some lip liner from her, which I don't know why she would ever do that. She also got Lala's uh, lip liner as well. And Sutton goes, Lisa, you're going to break the internet. Sadly, she did not break the internet. Um, Rick, Kathy's husband, calls and says, is everyone behaving? And Kathy goes, unfortunately, yes, iconic. Um, they're all switching seats so they can hear each other. Um, and Sutton starts talking about the conversation with Crystal and talking about Southern girls. We always have to prove we aren't racist. And Erica Jane says, I personally have never felt that. And Dorit says, does anyone make you feel that way? Because I'm such a child of the world. I don't look at all. I don't look at you like a southerner. I would never think that. And then in a talking head, she's like, I've been in Italy and all over Asia. I can't even mention the countries in one sitting. I can only mention the ones I wasn't in. I wouldn't even assume that it's the first time I heard that she's a dummy because she's a southerner. Dorit saying she's a child of the world is, I mean, that is that is classic Dorit. That is that is just so good. Child of the world. Like, where do you ever, when you even, that crosses your mind. Are you like, am I a child of the, I guess I'm a child of the world. I guess we're all children of the world. But, um, you know, they're having this conversation. And then Dorit, of course, you know, she has that hyper look thing that she does. And she's like, oh my God, what is going on? Dorit kind of, I don't know, she kind of reminds me of C-3PO from, from uh, Star Wars. It's like, hello, Master Luke. I don't know what we're doing. Hello, little jagger. <laughs> hello, PK. I'm going to put my volleyball-sized breasts into this Louis Vuitton top. Master Luke, Master Luke. Um, so, uh, Dorit goes, maybe because you're not in a world that's very multicultural, Dorit says. And Sutton goes, wait, that's not fair. I have been in a world that's multicultural. And Dorit goes, oh, my gosh. Um, so this starts going down and then during this, uh, you know, Kathy has two martinis, one for her, one for Dorit, and they do this thing called bottoms up game and they chug their martinis and Erica Jane's face, I got to admit, is super funny. She's like, what? And Rena goes, this, these bitches are hardcore. And then she cackles like the Joker. And so, uh, Kathy says, Hey, let's wait a moment. Maybe we'll do one more. Which, you guys, Kathy is pulling a prank on this. These, these are water in here. I hate to ruin it like Dorit does in a second. But iconic that Kathy says on top of that goes, hey, let's wait a moment. Maybe we'll do one more of these. Which is, I love that so much. Uh, Dorit then ruins the joke, texts Erica Jane what's happening. And uh, so they get drinks and they chug their martinis. Rinna as well because now Erica Jane texts Rinna. And they're all thinking they're pranking, pranking Kathy now. And they ruin just a perfect prank, I think, by doing this. But the thing is, Sutton sees them all texting each other and thinks that they're being made fun of, that Sutton's being made fun of. Now, I get that. I get it. If I saw people texting all around me and laughing and kind of winking, I would think they were making fun of me because I'm wildly insecure, just like Sutton. Sutton is a wildly insecure lady. I mean, and I see it from a mile away because I'm like that as well. Um, so... 
we see in a flashback that Kathy ordered just water with olives and Dorit and how it works. And, you know, funny pranks are when you really have to explain and show the prank. It makes it super funny. Um, anyways, Sutton's like, I got to get out of here. I am ready to go home. Good night. And Kathy in a car, like, taps, like, kind of kicks Sutton in the uh, the ankle because Sutton's about to ruin the prank to Kathy because they're trying to prank Kathy now. And Sutton and uh, Crystal wants to let Sutton know that it's not about her. But Sutton goes, ow, you hurt me. What are you doing? And just gets all dramatic. So by the time they get out, Chris, like um, Sutton is in tears, you know, and they're all trying to let her know. No one is trying to keep things from you. It's a prank. Son's like, I'm going to bed. And Kyle's like, what did I miss? You know, because she's she was in a different van. Crystal's like, this girl has lost her mind. And Sutton's like, I really don't want to do this, everybody. Um, and Crystal says, you are so uptight. Relax, dude. It is so crazy. Because it is. Sutton is just being kind of wacky. Um, so we then get more like it's being explained to Kathy, the joke, which I don't even understand. I don't even know if Kathy understood that the prank was on her after all, it all kind of gets into a blur. Um, but, uh, Erica Jane says, it's always good to prank the prankster. And I'm like, what about to hustle the hustler? Um, Sutton says, I never had a friend kick me like, like Crystal did in the car. And I got to tell her that. And cause, uh, Crystal went to bed and, Kathy goes, yeah, you should tell her, which by the way, Kathy, I do think is like an evil genius because I think she pretty much just kind of convinced Sutton to go to go start an issue with Crystal again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's a lot more to Kathy than we, I mean, I literally, I love that. I'm just like kind of making the, uh, the legend of Kathy Hilton, but, uh. Anyway, so Sutton eventually goes to Crystal's room and Crystal is on the phone with her friend and going like, man, this lady is just whacked out of her mind. It is so sad. And we kind of end the episode with, you know, Sutton knocking like, Crystal, can I talk to you? And that's the end. And then the next episode, the previews are with the Tom divorce and more of the trip. It's it's going to be wild, you guys. So that was a really brief recap that kind of went all over the place but i just wanted i needed i needed to lay down my thoughts you guys but also i need you to hear this interview this is so fun uh she was so fun to talk to i wish i could give you her real name but she goes as at bravo bone collector on instagram please go check her out i think you're going to really really love this interview remember there are timestamps, you guys so i'll put those in the description if you want to skip past that BS in the beginning of me doing that recap, just go right to this. I'll always try to put timestamps in there if you want to skip around. So I love you guys. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Bye. So today is interesting, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to this person. And I I had somebody drop out last minute, but it was kind of great because this was a person that I was like, oh, I need to talk to this person. And luckily, they were available uh, on short notice. Uh, but I'm really excited because this kind of gets into the nerdy stuff that I'm not 
great at, but I love to read and I love investigations and deep dives. Even though I just make fart jokes on Instagram, I can make my quick joke on Instagram and I'm out. But the, there's some like really artists, I believe, that really do so much research. And, and there's a couple of them that I've talked about on the, the podcast. I'm going to highlight a newer one today, but they just did um, a kind of a deep dive on Erica Jane. And I think what this is a perfect time for that because we are in the week where Erica Jane is going to announce the divorce of Tom Girardi on the fourth episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think they're having a stellar season so far. I am so excited because I I took notes. Even my mom got involved in watching it. That was how exciting it was. She looked up from her iPad and started talking about Sutton. So I know it's good. Um, But anyways, the account is called uh, Bravo Bone Collector, which is just so ominous. It sounds like a WWF wrestler or something like the Bravo Bone Collector. Uh, I do want to say we will not be using her real name. And I want to also mention uh, they're a duo there. The, so one of the uh, the people that runs this account will not be joining us today. But one will, and uh, I just wanted to to point that out at first. But I kind of like that there's potentially a collective, like it's like almost like a a rap supergroup, but it's just Bravo deep dive. So, uh, Bravo Bone Collector, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Um, I first, I want to brag on you first off, and no. I want to congratulate you because I've been a longtime listener, um, and I just think it's amazing how you. I really was amazed that you put out this like two hour episode every single day. And it took me like, I usually think I have common sense, but it took me like five (laughs) months and I figured out, wait a second, he doesn't have ads. And I was like, this is crazy because that means he's not getting paid. And then to see when you got this iHeartRadio deal, I was just like that right there, I think it's amazing because, you know, they tell you to do what you love and like success and money will come afterwards. And so I just think it really is admirable and you know shows a lot of grit and determination thank i um, think thank you so so much for saying that and i just want to point out like i signed with iHeartRadio and we started it or i started it last week or i say we because but um is that i like we we have the first ad on and i want to say i got a lot of comments or i just read a comment saying i put the the theme music to to say when the the ad starts but a couple of people said they got scared that they had started the episode over again. So I'm going to not do that today. So all of a sudden you will hear an ad and you'll, it'll be obvious that it's the ad, but I'm not going to put that music. I was doing it as a delineation between the episode and then you knew when the episode came back, but I don't want you guys to be scared that you started over the podcast. I thought it was like pretty professional. I thought it was, you know, like oh, cool transition thank music. you. So, Hey, yeah. somebody got it. No. Okay. Well, that is amazing. <laughs> Cause I, I don't want, want to um i don't want to scare anybody halfway through when all of a sudden they're like did this guy just go from talking about erica jane to like better help um no but, i thought it was good and also the other thing i want to point out to you guys just because i'm honest about everything is i so we're starting ads which is just insanely exciting i don't know like i i guess i get paid quarterly that's how they do this with this podcasting deal I don't know how much I met. Like I, I filled out this whole contract and I don't know, like, I don't know. I'm just scared. I'm going to get fired or something. And it's only the first week. So already it's like, it is funny. It goes to show you like a victory happens. And then I find all these other things to worry about. So it's really bizarre. It's always the awkward question. It's like you sign everything. It all sounds great. And then you're like, wait a second. I didn't quite get the memo about like when the money comes in and what's, 
the yes. day. And then, and then you're scared to ask because you want to be like, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. So you don't really, it's, it's very, and then what they're doing is they're sending me other, they sent me a list of, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, they sent me a list of companies that like I could potentially work with in terms of advertising. And I can, I can turn down companies, but I was like, well, I could, the, I, I could do all these. Like, I, I was like really excited, but I, I, I wanted to be like, should I not like not pick a couple just so I can look like I I'm choosy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't really, you don't want to be like too eager almost, but then it's like, well, I might, you know, you want to also. Well, then I was like, should I send him like a thousand questions about each company? Like, tell me what they did in the year 2008. It seems like a tough year for sex products. Uh, uh, Leah, by the way, Leah McSweeney, I saw on her Instagram, I think I talked about this. She did a Dame, uh, Dame, I think is a ladies, um, uh, sex toy company or sex, I don't know what I'm already screwing it up, but Leah did an ad for them the other day. And mm-hmm. I think I might be working with Dame products, which is just, I don't know Y'all a lot about co-ad together. Yeah. Cause I, well, I don't know. I don't know a lot about sex toys. I know, I know that sounds shocking to everybody. I mean, I don't either. So I really can't help you in that <laughs> realm. But... Well, that's what I was like. If we could all stumble through this together that, and just all buy a sex toy, that'd be great. Um, exactly. So th- thank you for, for that nice thing that you just said. And I want to say a nice thing back is that uh, there are, like I said, I think a handful of accounts that I go to that I think really put some time and work into these things. And I want to make sure those people get credit. I, I don't want to just come onto a podcast and just uh, verbatim say all of the information that these accounts have worked long and hard. I want to give credit where credit is due. So everybody go follow at Bravo Bone Collector and you'll see the posts I'm talking about. I think they're the three or four most recent ones. And we're going to get into the Erica Jane of it all and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this past week in a second. But I want to kind of see like so what is your what's your history with bravo what's your history with reality shows sure so i watched it since i was like in a like middle school probably um i've always been interested in reality tv i don't watch like i can't watch scripted tv shows and i don't watch movies but then i'm also wait, wait, like wait. how do you did you ever try to watch a movie or you're just like i know i do not like movies no i try but it's like the whole thing where it's like you know There'll be like five people in a room and they'll all be talking about how like the stove is so hot, you know, and then they all exit and then you like someone else walks in and it's like, you know, they're clearly walking to the stove and they're going to touch it because it's like been like they set up the scenes for you. And I don't like that. You know, it's just so and like in the housewives, you just never can predict what they're going to do. Well, now I don't know what stove movie you're talking about. I, just, I, wa- I want to assure you there are other movies besides stove movies where there are hot stoves. I've seen cold stoves. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen transformer stoves. Um, but you're right. Housewives, I think is very special, but did you start with Bravo or are you, did you start with like survivor? Did you start with Kardashians? Was it always Bravo? I started with the Hills. Okay. Well, yes. I got to ask you, do you watch the Hills new beginnings? Well, yes, but I'm not like as obsessed with it as I was. I mean, that's because like, if you do, you're a masochist. You hate yourself because The Hills New Beginnings is one of the weirdest, horrible shows that I've seen in a long time. Oh, completely agree. A thousand percent. Like they yeah. did. They should just do an hour of Brody taking a shower because they do these extended Brody uh, bathroom sequences. And it like there's nothing like not you guys. Nothing is happening on this show, but everybody is tr- trying to make a plot line but it's like spencer and heidi are trying to like spice it up but nobody's 
it's it's so weird. It's like nobody's There's playing nothing on going screen. on. Yeah, it's just that. It's like, but it looks so beautiful and glossy. So you almost exactly. your mind gets tricked, you know? Yeah, and I feel like before I wasn't, you know, that probably like intelligent while watching TV. You know, it was just like, you know, like Hollywood and all this pretty, you know, scenery and it was yeah, glossy. But now I just look at it and it's just, you know, I kind of you know what's going into it and you can kind of tell that it's, you know, completely fake. But but back then, I really thought it was real. People lived these lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I live in Los Angeles and it looks nothing like the hills. Like you'll see the yeah. hills and you'll see places you go. And I'm like, I've been in that restaurant. It looks like shit when I'm there. Why does it look so cool when they're there? You know? Exactly. But that is when my like love for them started. And I would record on a notepad. This is how much of a nerd I am. I would record on a notepad the restaurants they went to so that when I went on a trip, there, yes. I was going to go to those restaurants too. This is before like the internet, I guess. But yeah. I love that. I, I think that is actually, I was a geek like that myself. And I remember coming out to Los Angeles for the first time when I was, I think in eighth grade and I was driving down Sunset Boulevard with my dad and my uncle, and there used to be a Tower Records. It was like world famous, and I knew of it, and I saw Whoopi Goldberg, you guys. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the pod. I saw Whoopi Goldberg uh, go into Tower Records, and I was in eighth grade, and I made or seventh or eighth grade, and I made my dad and uncle stop, and I was like, I need to go say hi to Whoopi Goldberg. And I went <laughs> in, and this was like, I remember the first thing I noticed about her was she had the biggest stack of CDs that I had ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, she can afford all of these CDs. I was like, this is the richest person I've ever seen in my life. And I go up. Was she I'm just all, carrying them? She was just, she had a, a, a basket, like a basket of okay, CDs. Yeah. And so I go up and I say, um, and I had just seen her in a movie. And I said, and I was a, you know, a, a high school theater actor, a nerd. And I said, Miss Goldberg, I'm a huge uh, fan of yours. And I didn't ask her an autograph or a picture. I just said, I'm a huge fan of yours. And she looked at me and she turned around and walked away. She didn't even, no. she didn't even, she did not even say, Hey, like she did not even say hi. She looked at me, heard me and then just turned and walked away. And that's why it cracks me up when I hear like uh, Danny, Danny Villagrino or anybody like say all like, Oh, Whoopi, like Whoopi is amazing, but Whoopi, provided me with one of the worst celebrity moments in my life. And that is why I will never usually go up to celebrities anymore. And especially as I get older, it's a whole nother layer of creepiness if I did, but like it scared the crap out of me. And I remember my dad almost wanting to get into a fight with Whoopi Goldberg because like, how dare she treat his son like that? I would have been scarred for life. It I did was, scar me. Look at me. I'm doing a Bravo podcast now. This is not This is not what I considered a life. I mean, I was called the Velcro child when I was little because I would hide behind my parents. So I would have been traumatized. You were called the, the Velcro child or the uh, the stove lady. You're like, the movie stove lady's coming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so The Hills really is, I think, The Hills kind of falls in line with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in a way because... I was watching this past week's episode and a lot of the housewives franchises aren't like this anymore, but Beverly Hills to me is still aspirational. It's still ridiculous wealth. Yes. Yes. And I, I remember watching like the first few seasons of Beverly Hills are my favorite, like one through three, I think are like the best seasons ever. I mean, and, and if you guys are just coming and I, I hope some people are just coming out of nowhere and just starting Beverly Hills because you have such a great journey. If you go into the past and watch these and I just, I want these shows to survive. So I hope we're bringing new people to them, but those first three seasons really were magical and also so dark. You know, if you, 
see the Kyle Richards, Kim Richards relationship in that, you know, you stole my goddamn house. That's, that's a line that is thrown out in the, in uh, the season finale of uh, season one, I believe. Yeah. And I think that was, I think Kathy talked about how she didn't watch the show after that scene happened. I could be misquoting that, but I'm pretty sure Kathy was saying that she watched it up until they had that huge fight. And then she said she couldn't watch the show anymore. Well, I mean, imagine like all your deepest, darkest family secrets, imagine like then also having like a Hollywood background and then all these people and Beverly Hills really was very splashy at first in terms of like a lot of people were watching it. I think they still are, but a lot of people were watching it when it first came out. It's like why Kathy was in a fight with Kyle for so many years because Kyle uh, produced American woman, which was based on her mom and her childhood. And Kathy refused to talk to Kyle for years. And Kyle got disinvited from Nikki Hilton's wedding. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. And I would, I just really want Kathy to talk about it on the show. I mean, I doubt she will because of, you know, everything, but I would just, that is my dream right there is for Kathy Hilton to talk about her fight with Kyle. Well, it, you know, and I know we're skipping all around guys, so just bear with us. You're going to have a good time, but Kyle, uh, the Kathy of it all is I've, I've said this now for like the last couple of weeks since she's, I think she is a magical angel. And by the way, I realize she's very problematic in terms of like financial situations. And who knows if she continues on the show, we might have an Erica Jane situation on our hands at some point where Kathy will go to jail. Who knows? We don't know, but right now, her saying just bizarre shit. It's like the easiest, you know, those characters in movies um, or plays or anything, those are the easiest characters to like the people that just say something funny and just dip out. That's what Kathy is on this show, you guys. But I don't know, like if Kathy, do you think if we gave Kathy, a, if that show gave Kathy a storyline, if she could handle it? Um, I don't think she would be as enjoyable. I think she really is like perfect right now as a friend and I think she's comfortable as that because I, I don't think she probably wants to have to reveal all the details in her life and I, I think the more we probably found out you know the more we might be questioning but I mean I love I personally am a huge Kim fan I know she's controversial but I loved Kim I thought she added like that like weirdness I mean obviously there was a lot of you know sadness along with it and all of her struggles but like she just had like that little bit of quirkiness too and so I feel like Beverly Hills has missed that the past couple of seasons and then I think Sutton adds a little bit of that and then I think Kathy really adds it this season just like that little bit of fun intermixed like with everything Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I say all the time that we only have a Housewives show have its first season once. You know, you only have that. And I think we're in that with Kathy right now is you're only a first time friend of or a housewife one time. So right now, everything is evergreen that Kathy says. Who knows? Three episodes from now, Kathy might say something and we're all like, fuck you, Kathy. I fucking hate your guts. You're so stupid. But right now. I think she's perfect because she's she really can do no wrong because there's no responsibility on Kathy's shoulder. She's putting eardrops into her eyes, you guys. That's what she's doing. Yeah, and I think it is pretty funny because we all love her, but then she's also, I mean, she can't plug up a fan also because, you know, she's like lived in hotels half her life and it's had people working for her, like plugging up her fan for her, you know? But like when she <laughs> says it to us, like on the show, it's like hysterical, you know? Well, 
And I also noticed, I, I talk about this all the time about the two different types of people that watch these shows. There are the people that have like a really kind of dark sense of humor, like potentially me and a lot of others that we see like this kind of dark comedy playing out uh, as well as like, you know, actual human behavior. But then there's another group of people like, so I watch that and I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't find an outlet. That's, oh, that is crazy. But then I noticed there's a whole nother uh, group of people that watch that are like, oh my God, I can never find outlets. I can never, that's, Kathy's me, I can never find outlets. And I was like, <laughs> how are you guys watching this show? But, and by the way, she's now, she, the, we've, the, the fan is a recurring character in the show now. That's been on two episodes of her and the fan. Oh, yes, yes. And it is just like a box fan too. It is nothing, I use a fan all the time. So, but I do know where my outlet is, but I do carry a fan with me too. So, the Lisa, Lisa Rinna, you guys, we have that famous oh. interaction between Lisa and Kim where Kim gave Lisa the bunny. Remember the bunny at the reunion, the world famous bunny that I wish I had uh, my hands on one of those things uh, for my reality show museum. But that happened. Is there any thought in your mind ever of like, do you think Kathy's playing along at like a certain moment? She'll like shiv like Rinna in the back with like a knife she's like how dare you go after my sister like that at some point you know I wish because I cannot stand Lisa Rinna I have not been able to stand her for seasons I think every season I've gone back I've watched it she always is the one who like something minor will happen and she makes it this huge deal to one of them and then all of a sudden it's like the whole season how does it feel to be on the right side of history with that I think you are the correct and by, by the way, guys, I'm saying this, like I always say too, is that it's like, you know, hating a housewife. I'm not saying that she needs to be off the show, but I am saying I dislike her very much. And I think she's a really poor excuse for a human being on that show. Like she's exactly. just, she will cut you in the back to save her own ass time and time again. But I do think of that of like, I wonder how ditzy Kathy Hilton really is. I don't. I don't think she is that ditzy. I think she plays it up a little personally. I do too. And the reason why I think that is if you take even that prank, you guys, that they did with the martini glasses to do a prank. I'm not saying that's the most sophisticated prank in the world, but it does take some foresight to be like, I'm going to do, hey, give me a martini glass with a couple of olives and water to start that you play out that joke in your head of what you're wanting to happen. And what you're wanting to happen is to get other people wasted. That's not like a ditzy prank. Exactly. And like the things that she is ditzy about are just like, I mean, I don't think she like understands technology or like, you know, like TV shows, that kind of stuff. I think she's kind of off in her own world. Um, I don't know how her eyes are still working, you know, with the eardrops, but like we can blame that on her eyesight. Um, but I think she's I think she's definitely smarter than she um, comes off sometimes. So uh, and even this and this is so funny. You know, we uh, I've talked about, too, where Kathy will be on Instagram. And this has happened for years now where she doesn't know how Instagram comments work. <laughs> yeah. So she'll like be like, oh, meet me at the Perkins today. Like she'll she doesn't she makes plans on Instagram comments. But we just had one yesterday, I think last night, potentially, where it was like Rick Hilton, which is her husband. And Rick Hilton like said, uh, oh, thank you so much to like some nice comment about Kathy. And then it was like, oh, thank you. And then underneath it was like, this is Kathy. I have Rick's iPad, which is just such a. That was the most amazing comment ever. She's providing laughs even off season potential. I mean, even when they're not filming. Um, Okay. So 
we both like Kathy. I think you guys like Kathy. And I'm talking about on the show. I'm not talking about outside of the show. Oh, wait, real quick. When I used to run a nightclub in like 2005, 2005 or 2006 in Los Angeles, we had a a dog, like a dog fundraiser for some dog company or something. And we had a step and repeat outside. And I remember Rick and Kathy Hilton and I, I they were coming to this thing. And I just, I mean, I, I knew them as like, well, they're the Hiltons. And I knew Paris Hilton, of course, because I was in mm-hmm. the club scene. And Rick pulled up and he literally parked his car in the, like we had like in, in the fire lane, like where it's like red, like where you're like, you don't park a car there. He yeah. parked and it's like, it was right in front of the step and repeat, which is like where you take photos and that, that those get out to us weekly and stuff. And he parked his car there and him and Kathy just got out like without any kind of, not even kind of like, is it cool to park here? Like just, Oh, cool. We got a spot. Like I think Rick and Rick <laughs> might be on the same level as Kathy potentially. I think they're also used to like, you know, I feel like they pull up to like a Hilton hotel, they get out, you know, valet comes to get their car and everything. I think that's awesome. I think it comes a little bit also from, I mean, I love Kathy, so I don't really want, but maybe a little bit of entitlement too. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, how could you not have this kind of life and have entitlement, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely like, funny entitlement in my book. <laughs> do you think Kathy realizes that her last name is because of the hotels? Do you think she realizes, Oh, I'm <laughs> I just, I would love it if she doesn't put it together that the Hilton hotels uh, are Rick's, you know, like I would love it if she was like, Oh my God, that's my last name. The Hilton hotel. We're, we're staying at a place with my last name. And she had no clue that they actually owned the Hilton hotels. I don't know. I read, have you read that Hilton book, the book on their family? No, but it's so funny. I've had like 40 people over the years recommend that book to me. See, and after reading that book, I definitely think that because they lived in like the, the Hilton hotels for a few years. And so I definitely think she knows that's where. No, no. I mean, is. it just would be a silly Kathyism, but. Oh, yeah. The Kathy of it too, the Kathy of it all is, is fascinating to me because it opens up a wider swath of people because I think California, you know, I was watching that David Foster documentary on Netflix and they were making a point of showing how interconnected all of these worlds are. And if you look at them through reality shows, you can even do that because you can take uh, the hills and that will give you Brody Jenner, which then uh, Brody Jenner's mom was used to be married to David Foster. Uh, also, Brody's uh, dad is Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner opens you up into the Kardashian world. Uh, you have Chris mm-hmm. Jenner, but then you could go a different way. And then Chris Jenner could then connect to Kathy Hilton and Kathy Hilton, Kyle, um, uh, Faye Resnick, all of that thing, where they all tie in through these kind of reality shows, the Hills, the Kardashians and real housewives of Beverly Hills. I potentially leave. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's a Vanderpump rules connection, maybe Lisa Vanderpump when she was friends with Kyle. Um, But it is Aaron and Sarah Foster. Yeah. Aaron and Sarah Foster, who's David Foster's daughters. And if you watch the documentary, you guys, it's hysterical. Every one of David Foster's kids is like, he's a horrible dad, but I want him to love me so bad. It's just fascinating how like, I don't he get is it. fascinating. Yeah. So I do find it interesting if you split off all of these things, how it all interconnects, you know? Oh, yeah. Like Hidden Hills, that neighborhood is just like, I mean, 
every house I feel like is connected to somebody in one of these worlds somehow. Well, even then you begin to even get Drake involved because Drake lives down the street from uh, the Kardashians, I believe, in Hidden Hills. Exactly. You and have then it Will was like, Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith. You have all of that whole crew. Denise used to own a house there, Richards. Yeah, Denise Richards. And that, I mean, that kind of wealth is is very, it runs in the same circle. And I find that fascinating that we got a, actually, I believe this was at Nobu in Malibu. We got paparazzi shots of Mauricio, who we saw on a Instagram live high as a kite on Friday in a limo with Kyle, uh, Kyle Faye. And, and, and he goes, you can hear him in the background talking to somebody like we got Kyle Richards. We got, you know, he's talking to somebody on the phone about a guest list, I think. And then they point the camera. He's like, what is this alive? And he's like, I hope everybody's Cheech and Chunging out there, huh? And he gives like the hang loose sign. And I'm just like, this guy is in charge of the agency, one of the biggest uh, real estate companies in uh, California. And this guy is like actively the highest person I've ever seen. Like Snoop Dogg would be like, dude, you good? Oh, I know. Like I, I'm like, does he work for the agency anymore? Does he That's, still own it? Well, I'm like, is he a mascot? Is he like, I? how could you have that big of a business and be able to, be at all of these events and Cheech and Chong it. Like when I, when I get, if I ever smoke weed, I'm done. I'm toast. I can't do a podcast. I can't talk to anybody. I'm done. Yeah. Well I have, yeah, I have uh, like a narcolepsy and hypersomnia. So if I smoke, I'm like out for like 36 hours. Wait, narcolepsy is where you just randomly sleep at all times. Wait, yeah. what is? So there's a chance you might sleep during this podcast. Uh, a low chance at this time, but yeah. Oh my God. That would be huge for the podcast ratings. That would be so exciting. Um, <laughs> you just fall asleep. Cause you're like, no, I'm just actually bored. Um, yeah. but we saw these paparazzi shots outside of Nobu, you guys, Faye, Res- Faye Resnick, uh, Kyle Richards, Chris Jenner and Mauricio and the Chris Jenner of it all. I, 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 you know, I keep saying, Oh, it'd be fun. To- Chris Jenner. Don't worry. We'll never go on real houses at Beverly Hills and other in anything other than a cameo here and there, because they just won't meet her price and there's no need for her to share that. Like you watch the Kardashians, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think she would be good on Beverly Hills. Cause she's not going to share anything exactly. about her life. Yeah. If, if you watch the Kardashians, it's two minutes of actual sharing and 58 minutes of bullshit. Like it just is. And we, we don't know the real Chris Jenner. We see this Kris Jenner who acts like a bumbling idiot. It's like the the Clark Kent to the Superman. We don't see the Kris Jenner that is one of the best businessmen in America, you know? Exactly. I'm pretty sure she works like 20 hours a day on all of those. Yeah. I've been looking for those from that last episode, those lawsuits. I have been trying to comb the internet for those about how their property was stolen. Oh, okay. So that, oh God, I love that you brought that up. Um, So you guys, I said this, if you don't listen to the Kardashian recap I do on Fridays, they randomly said this plot line and it's like the second to last episode of the whole show. And Chloe goes, uh, Chloe and um, Chris bought houses, plots of houses next to each other in their building. And then all of a sudden Chloe is like, yeah, my mom picked the wrong person. And now they've taken the houses like this guy's taken our houses away from us and locked us out. We're not allowed on property anymore. So we've got to sue him to get it back. It was so convoluted and weird that I didn't even, and they said it so nonchalantly that you couldn't find anything about this. 
Guys, I am pleased to announce that this podcast is sponsored. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Answered by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? 
Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I take mental health very seriously. It's something I realize that I have to work at on a daily basis. Now, that might be uh, going out and exercising. Uh, it might be starting your own podcast so you can talk out loud. Or it might be seeing industry professionals. And that's what BetterHelp does. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. No, it's not a crisis line. It's not that. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. Um, now, I have visited many therapists over the years, and I have never tried one online until BetterHelp. And I have to tell you, it's amazing. I wish I had known about this years ago. Now, there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. In fact, during uh, this past year, it has been so impossible to see somebody in person. Um, but their service, BetterHelp, is available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime. You can send a message to your counselor and you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you don't want somebody seeing your face. If you're a little tired of the Zoom, you can even just do phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You guys, I when I used to have a job, I would leave my job for my break, rush over to my therapist, sit in the waiting room, <laughs> wait for my turn, go there, and then have to fight LA traffic all the way back to work. I don't have to do that any longer with BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I love this part. Uh, I love this part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is even available. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Guys, I'm telling you, I do this. This means something to me. I know it could mean something to you. Please give it a shot. So, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So, that means you can get somebody at a moment's notice. That is so important. Our mental health is so important. And this is just, this is a great part. Special offer for So Bad It's Good listeners. You guys can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. The one last thing I'll say is just go visit the website. Just do that one small step. I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see. And I think you'll take the next step to join. No, I mean, I try to look up because one of my favorite things to do is to read because, you know, they live in Hidden Hills. Well, Hidden, Hidden Hills is a city. And so the city council has meetings and they publish their minutes from oh, the meetings. My God, how did Talk you Talk about, uh, I, there's no telling. I just click things until I get to things, I think. Um, and so there was, you know, they talk about it, you know, they've got like a 30 page like sheriff report. And like, of course, there's nothing besides like one person ran a stop sign. Um, but then, you know, you get to these good things about how this city council person was talking about how um, she was not aware or he was not aware if um, the Kardashians have ever paid for their filming rights in that neighborhood or in the city. Because what you guys, they, they have to get film permits to shoot. 
uh, I believe that's what you're referring to, right? Yes, but then another council member corrected that one and said no, that they did at the beginning. So I'm still trying to investigate, you know, if they've been paying their fair share the past couple of years. But I have not been able to find anything on any of the minutes about this whole debacle with the properties. Yeah, so I'm really curious about this. Please keep me posted about this, especially because I would love to highlight it on the show when you find out, because it is one of those things that I was like, you would think when you're that rich, shit like that does not happen to you. Exactly. I mean, they buy all their houses in like trust or LLCs. Like also, I know Kanye bought the Wyoming one. It's called like Psalm, like LLC or something. And like all these different ones. But uh, the one for Chris and Chloe's property, it doesn't really make sense. So I'm still confused on like who's even the owner right now. Well, and also, what a bad, like, we know Chris Jenner will assassinate you if you ever cross her or her family. I mean, unless you date one of her daughters and then she'll let you cheat on them till kingdom come, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it is one of those things where I'm like, why would you ever mess with Chris Jenner? Like, why would you, if you're a, if you're a developer or a contractor, how do you think you will ever win that battle? Exactly. And I was kind of like surprised they weren't using like a bigger name, you know, like why would they just use this like random Joe off the street with this 35 page thing in the first place? And it kind of leads back to you in a way because it made me, it was one of the first times where I was like, is Chris Jenner's business not on the up and up? You know, like, is wow. there, is there, I mean, what? One of the big themes of this show this year, I feel like, is that I don't know if real money exists anymore. I don't know if what I think is aspirational wealth, what we see on these shows, and this is going to lead into Erica Jane a little bit and Jen Shaw potentially, is there doesn't is there real wealth or are we just watching people steal from other people, cut deals, all these kind of shady business dealings? What do you think? Well, I will say I figure it out, you know, today you can look up, you know, taxes for the county in Los Angeles. And <laughs> oh I, God. I love that you're, you're like a hacker for like, bravo. no, this is like public information. And well, I'm going to say allegedly, because, you know, this is just what I found, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not like a tax assessor or anything, but yes. I will say allegedly Kim, the house, the property where Kim and Kanye have their house, they have like, they owe like taxes from like the past year that have never been paid. I mean, that's wait, that's interesting. Do you, well, did you ever, and just, this is off, I guess, kind of off topic, but did you ever look into Jax Taylor and those taxes that he owed? So I looked on, not those, because those were federal. I don't really know exactly how to get to those yet, but um, for county taxes, I did look up his property and he had paid the county taxes. He did. He paid. Yes. Yes. He Well, he paid the county ones. I don't know about the federal ones. Those I couldn't find those, those. You guys keep those cameos rolling in for Jax. He just paid. That's good. Hey, hey, that's good. Making amends is good. We like amends being made. But the, the Chris Jenner, it was one of those weird things where I was like, I, it makes me want to like, I, I feel like there is some kind of underground rich person club where they all just don't pay their bills. Maybe. Well, and, and that, Kylie Jenner, yeah, I don't think that whole Kylie Cosmetics thing that came out, you know, in Forbes, how she's not a billionaire and everything. Yeah, so, like there was so much there that like I think was allegedly, you know, not probably correct. 
Well, yeah, we covered that on the show a while back because Cody, which is what they did the deal to sell Kylie Cosmetics to, Kylie still has, I believe, a managing stake or like a 51% stake in Kylie Cosmetics. But uh, they also put her on the Forbes as like, you know, the youngest billionaire in the world. And then that turned out to not be true, is that they had to retract that article. Forbes came out and said, no, 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 that I, we, it finds out that, that we were given false documents. We were given falsified records. And then, of course, Kylie came out and said, no, that is ridiculous. How dare you? But then it kind of just mysteriously disappeared. Exactly. That was, yeah. That story when I looked at it, it was, I mean, I, I think those things are like, you know, misleading in the first place. Because, yeah, I mean, if her company is worth a billion dollars, that doesn't mean she is. And if it's based on, you know, the stock or the value of the company, that goes up and down. So, I mean, I don't think it ever was like very representative like a good representation of her money. And I mean, those cars, like I'm just, I don't know how she has so many cars. The car, I mean, it's like, it's like one for every day of the week. And then, I mean, it's just, it's really, I I always talk about the cars. It's like one of the, I used to think, cause you know, you do have to celebrate somebody that I think I was talking to somebody uh, and they said, Hey, you know, she saw a problem and she, well, she saw something she was insecure about with herself and it was her thin lips. And so she created something to help her with yeah. her problem. She got the, and I was like, that is actually really cool. But then I was no, really I impressed with that. But now it's kind of like when you get caught up in this weird lifestyle where you're just buying mansion after mansion, like she's, you should like, I think she bought like three houses in the past year, uh, an insane amount of cars. And then to Instagram, all of that stuff during the pandemic. And also she was one of the only people that all of a sudden she showed up in Italy during the pandemic and she got overseas when we aren't even supposed to be going overseas. And she's like Rome vibes. And it's like, no, what are you doing? It's like, go do these things. But the fact that any of these people want us to see it is always the kiss of death. It's like, that's where Erica Jane, the, the, the flaunting of this wealth, the society we're in with social media and all of this will lead to your downfall, but they all crave it. Exactly. And I even go back to like, this is a little off topic, but like Charlie D'Amelio and those TikTok stars, you know, they got like famous for being like relatable, you know, or just like, you know, an average teenage girl. But now it's like they're like, you know, living this life that nobody can relate to. And they kind of lose like what they even became famous for. Yeah. I mean, ever since I signed with iHeart uh, I Heart Radio, I bought six <laughs> I bought six Toyota Corollas last week. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to buy six Toyota Corollas. They're, I mean, they're all leased. I mean, they're not bought, but they're leased. And I, I did start an LLC. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, Thick Thighs and Thick Thighs LLC. And no, I mean, I don't know at this, I'm lucky to have been averaged so much of my life that at this point, if any success happens, I don't think I could fundamentally change, but you do wonder about people like Kylie where they they're used to this from such a young age that Mm -hmm. there's never going, she'll never be relatable for the rest of her life ever. And I, I worry about their kids too. Yeah. I mean, guys, Northwest stormy and Northwest could buy and sell us 80 times over. Like, you know, they, They will bully me one day. And I don't mean like when they grow up, I mean like right now, if I saw Stormy, she'd be like, you are so fucking poor. Like, what is your deal? Like Stormy, like they have Louis Vuitton toilet paper. It's like weird. There's no way. Like, I I just don't know how there's any possible way for them to grow up. Like, you know, understanding like, you know, just basic things because of, yeah, how much money they're around. 
But like, wouldn't it be kind of refreshing or cool if all of a sudden like Stormy's enters her fifth year and Kylie's like, you can only shop at Old Navy in the Gap. We're going to move to a condo. It's going to be heavily secured, but I want you to go to public school. I want you like, it would be interesting. I mean, that would be the reality show I would like to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see maybe like <laughs> Courtney moves with Travis to like a chicken farm or something, you know? <laughs> well, Courtney and Travis are a whole, I just highlighted on the show yesterday, uh, they bought, uh, she bought a 12.3 Palm Springs ready to move in mansion. They bought it on the May 27th and they already moved in or she already started taking Instagram photos this weekend at that place. And mm-hmm. that's like a different kind of wealth where you're not even moving shit anymore. You're just showing up and opening the door and it's yours. Well, I know Kylie and Kim have property there too, but I don't even think they like go to theirs because I think it's just, they just own it. Well, they have so many mansions. I bet they they're at a point where they're like, I don't even like this mansion. You know how we have like that pair of jeans we don't like, but we kind of try to keep wearing them. That's like mansions to them. You guys, that's how they feel. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like a top, <laughs> uh, bone collector, if I may call you, um, yes, how do you, how do you, I, I think you're a relatively newer account in this, this, this genre maybe, or I don't know if it is a genre, but why yeah. do that? Like why? Like I know why I want to, I always have made silly jokes my entire life. So that's a natural thing for me on Instagram of like, Oh, okay. I'll make, I'll continue the silly jokes and stuff on here. Why do you do these deep dives or why are you looking into this? What is it? in you that you feel uh that you need to do this um well i definitely don't need to i just enjoy it um i started like at the like i've never really looked at court documents before like december when erica and tom that whole thing happened um and i've had like some health reasons so i haven't been able to i mean i'm working now but i haven't been able to work for like the past two years and so i had to move back home move to move in with my parents um and i couldn't work um and you know, I was on all this medicine and everything. And so I was really just bored, but like my mind still worked. And so I was like, you know, I got to find something to like do. So, you know, I just all of a sudden started becoming really interested in Erica and Tom. And then I just, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about why them? Why? Um, well, the court documents I find so interesting. That's really what got me started was that like, you can get like dates, you can get money amounts, like you can get all these details and like, you can actually, I feel like get the truth. Um, because you know what people say, is not often the truth. Um, and like, I really just did it for like myself. Like I just had this like quest for like random knowledge, like random facts and knowledge, you know, like I will, I love a spreadsheet. I love a, I love a calendar, like that kind of stuff. It's just like, I just have like hundreds of files on my computer about this case for no reason at all. And that doesn't stress you out. That relaxes you almost. Oh yeah. I have like, um, like 50 like tabs up right now too. Like that doesn't. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, I mean, I can't, you know, I just, I'm not built that way. I can't do that. Um, but that I love the people that can, um, but the arrogant Jane, and, and I, I love that we're going to put this out because I, you know, I feel like we're hyping up a lead up to, uh, I thought it was Friday, but it's actually next Monday is the Hulu, uh, show the, the hustler and the housewife or the housewife and the hustler, uh, which is, I, I, I played the preview last week for you guys, but I potentially think we're going to know all of this information that it will be on there, um, 
after today's episode. So, um, or even in the dive, diving that we uh, have already done since December. So just to remind everybody about this is that what happened was that uh, we found out that Tom Girardi and Erica Jane were divorcing. But then it came out that then Tom Girardi had uh, allegedly stolen money uh, from uh, the victories in court that he had won for plane crash uh, victims. Um, and he had not been doing this just this past year, but many, many years. The California Bar Association was involved. He had wined and dined them. He was stealing from uh, Prince to pay Paul or whatever. That they, he It was like one big kind of, not, I don't know if Ponzi scheme is the word, but it was this one big thing of like keeping this going to fund this lifestyle and the Erica Jane of it all, which we'll get into is that we don't know what she knows and when, but we do know that since day one on these housewives shows, she has bragged about immense wealth. She has put a price tag on what she spends in a month to keep this Erica Jane quote unquote character going. And uh, this has all been heavily documented. So they now are building a potential case against Erica Jane as well, or we don't know what is going to happen. So this is like really exciting stuff. So it's a show like away from the show. You know, it's like a second show on top of the show because now we're in season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So we get to start looking like in any kind of theater or movie or TV. I know you don't watch movies, but if you did, you always wonder the <laughs> characters. You're, you're always like, oh my God, the motivation, you know, like when somebody murders somebody and you're like, I knew it was him all along because you could tell in that one scene, I could tell what they were thinking. And right now that's what we're doing. When I watch Erica Jane, every episode, I'm going, what is she thinking right now? Especially this past week's episode, especially this past week's episode, I could be completely paranoid and wrong, but I don't think I am. And I got into a fight with Sarah Galley on Andy's girls, her podcast about this because mm -hmm. she was buying Erica Jane. She thought Erica Jane was salt of the earth this past week. And I'm like, no, we'll, we'll, okay. We're, we're, I'm jumping ahead. I'm just really excited to get started here. So, um, okay. So what, so the court documents you're talking about in December is, is what? When this all Yeah. Started. So that, so on December, I think second or third was when, uh, the Edelson firm. So uh, there were two firms working on this um, Lion Air Boeing air crash, you know, that it crashed in 2018, all like 128 um, people who were on the flight died. And so, you know, they filed this lawsuit and Girardi, Tom Girardi was representing a few of the clients along with this firm called Edelson. Um, and uh, then a separate firm, right? A separate firm. Yes. Okay. Edelson. Yes. Um, and so Edelson, uh, it was, the court, the case takes place in Chicago because that's where Boeing is headquartered. Um, and so Edelson, that firm is in Chicago. So they handle like the day-to-day -day things. And then Girardi's firm handles the communication with the clients. So uh, what happened was on December 2nd, Edelson files this lawsuit to say that, you know, Girardi has not been paying the clients um, and he still has not paid all the money towards them, but his wife filed for divorce um, like a month earlier. And so he was raising a red flag to the judge. Um, and that's really what kind of got me interested. And then I remember there's this one part in that in that filing that was saying that there was this previous lawsuit that said that Tom had loaned like 20 million dollars to um, 
Erica's business allegedly, and so I was like, I have to find that lawsuit. So that's what really started. Wait, me say say that again. This, like, Lo Tom supposedly loaned how much? Twenty million to Erica's business. And Erica's business is Erica EJ J. Global. EJ By the way, it's not just. It's I, I prefer EJ when it's EJ America. This is EJ Global. This is EJ Worldwide, you guys. Do you know yeah, what yeah. EJ Global, like what it does? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I mean, are the only employees like Mikey and her assistant? Like who, I mean, EJ Global, I mean, it just feels like they would be doing something that would need $20 million or is it just for clothes and makeup? I don't know. And I've never actually been able to find, I mean, there's lawsuits that allege this, but I've never been able to find like the bank statement that says the 20 million, you know? So, so this I is don't, like, this is like, a, this is allegedly, this might not exist. This is just a holy exactly. ground. It exists. Exactly. Yes. That it's just a big, maybe. Um, and so I was like determined to find it. And so I then started like looking into like, what other cases does Tom have? And all of a sudden, like it was just like lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit about these loans he had not paid off. Um, so you stumbled upon all of these lawsuits you're saying about every one of them being the same thing. He had not paid off loans that he had owed money on. Exactly. Yes. Were they all this year or they have been filed years and years uh, past? Um, they started in about, I think, either 2018, 2019, because what his like whole deal was is he would get these loans, you know, and say that it was like a loan to of money for him to do these cases. And then once he won the cases, he would pay off the loans. And so these, you know, creditors were saying, you know, we'll loan you this money, but you can't get any more loans like you can only have this loan. And he would pretty much do that to like all the different creditors. And so none of them knew that he had was getting all these loans from everybody. And then he starts being able to not pay any of them. Is it true that also these loans were potentially given at a very high interest rate to pay back? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like this last one, I know it was like, um, yeah, no, they all were high. Most of them were all high interest loans. Yeah, that's what I had read was that it was like he was taking these things at such a, because they were the only people that were willing to give him loans at a certain point. Yes. And I mean, they did start to, at least the loans I was able to find started to increase around 2015, which surprisingly was also around the time that Erica started filming. Interesting. Uh, that's just, that's just a connection. I'm not saying anything. No, no, that's no. But this connection. is so funny because I just did a Patreon episode today with my friend Samaj where we were talking about Jennifer Aiden from Real Housewives of New Jersey and that potentially Jennifer Aiden had Bill buy her that house because she's been trying to get on Real Housewives of New Jersey for a very long time and thought that house that they live in would be very impressive on the show. And Jennifer Aiden, of course, has done other reality shows in the past. And she was really trying to make something in the reality show field for her. So if you think of it by that, it's very feasible that Erica Jane was potentially doing a similar thing or wanting to use extreme wealth to get her a seat on that show. Yes. Or I, there is a part of me that wonders if it was Tom wanting to like be able to keep up this image for Erica. Cause I don't, I mean, I think she's known for a while, but I don't know if she knew in the beginning. What do we know? All I mean, did you find or stumble upon like, I guess, or even in your personal opinion, do you believe they have had a real marriage that they were in love with each other that, I mean, we've seen pictures when Erica Jane 
looked very from humble beginnings. We saw a picture where Tom looked like, you know, like a little chubbier. She looked like an average, I mean, a beautiful average lady um, and uh, just really normal. So it seems like- I've never bought it. You've never bought it. Why would- I've never- I mean, everyone's always like, oh, Eric and Tom, like, I just never like, maybe I just didn't see the chemistry there. I just never, like, it always seemed that like a little bit of a transactional relationship to me. Because you do not believe Erica Jane would like old balls. I mean, she just like from her book and everything, she talked about how like, you know, her mom was always sad, like they didn't have a lot of money and everything, you know, and then she had her son and you know it was hard for her to get by and so you I think don't know found... what i go through you don't know what i go through at night sorry exactly so i think she i mean this is also just yeah purely my opinion well there is a I part just... of this that will be speculation you guys i mean there will be details but i want to also speculate on what you actually think is going on behind the scenes yeah so i just never have like i mean i'm sure she enjoyed him but like I just think they live very, like, he was 100%, I think, focused on his law firm. And I think he would fund her, you know, for this, whatever she wanted to do. And she had that singing career. Um, I mean, I think they, I just <laughs> I mean, how much, saw... do we know? Do we know how much from EJ Global's financials, how much that singing career was bringing in? Because it feels like it might not have been bringing in a lot of money. And I know, I know Broadway, I know Broad, I know Broadway does not, you know, throw money at people it's more the prestige of doing a broadway show shoe dazzle gives you that much either yeah i mean her diff eyewear i don't think gives a lot either um so potentially i mean like that's what i'm saying i don't think erica jane has been an insane money venture but i do believe it's like you know catapulted catapulted her into a very visual like brand recognition at least we know who erica jane is definitely and so I think that, I mean, and she was even sued in this lawsuit in Arizona, I think in 2019. Um, and it wasn't just against like, wait, why was she like, sued? They, they were in like a uh, forfeiture for their like loan. So w- why was Erica Jane involved in that? Is that because of the EJ global potential loan? Um, no, it's because he personally guaranteed every, like almost every single loan. Cause he had gotten to the point where like, he couldn't, he kept borrowing money and like he had guaranteed it by like the law firm, but then he started personally guaranteeing it and they sued her because I'm not exactly sure the legal terminology, but I just know her name was listed on that lawsuit. Like it wasn't Tom and Erica. It was like Tom, Erica. So what is then the, you know, you, you discover all of these lawsuits and then when does it all kind of start to crumble? And then we start healing, hearing about it. Cause I want to remind people and you can go back and listen to the first thing I did on this with my friend, Megan, back in December, it was like the day after Erica had posted on Instagram that Tom Girardi had slept with judge Trist, uh, judge, oh, Trish, yeah. judge Trisha Bigelow. And uh, I had posted these texts from a flip phone. You guys remember this? It was like December nineteenth. I remember out. that night. It was, it was so a Friday exciting. night. It was a Friday night. It was. I, I remember it well. There was a nip in the air that night, and uh, I remember. And I. It was so. And I was like, "Fuck!" There goes my Friday because I had to start making silly memes. But part of me, and still to this day, and I think I'm wondering if that will show up on the show. 
because she remember she deleted it after 40 minutes, I believe. Yeah. And we didn't really hear anything more. Judge Trisha Bigelow never because she's remarried now. And uh, we never got a word from her about this. But also part of me was like, is this throwing off some kind of scent from Erica Jane of like, see, he wasn't good to me. He cheated. And this is the proof. I have nothing to do with any of this. But then he's also like, it also, he says, you know, now that, you know, he has Alzheimer's or something, you know? So I'm like, what is it? Like, I feel like she, I, her whole social media, I do not understand one iota. Like if she knew, if she didn't knew it, it, I didn't know it doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, even if none of this even existed, her social media would still not make any sense to me. I do not see why you need to stretch out your legs that far or to use some filter that makes you look 17. Like, it is so weird. And now she'll be like, hey, haters. And I'm like, don't, like, don't pull she that mocks, shit. She mocks, yes. Don't pull that shit when there's actual active investigations into your lifestyle. It's the same thing. Like, it's weird. Like, Jen Shaw's not even doing it as much as Erica Jane is. It's, it makes no, cause I just think regardless if you knew or if you, especially if you didn't know, I think you should just like put out a statement, say you're sorry for all the victims and like, you want to help the, yes. you know, prosecutors and whatever information they need. And like, that's done. Like, it doesn't seem like it's like rocket science to me. Um, so all of this is coming out and you did a post of where did the money go? And you entitled it chapter one. We don't even know it's missing yet, which is a quote. And this is really well put together. And it just visually is stimulating you guys. You'll see it when you get there. But you did a timeline of events and you broke this down. You did October 18th, 2020. There is a scene filmed at Kyle's house with Rena, Erica and Dorit. And you put even the glam. What does MUA mean? A makeup artist. So makeup artist is Maria Shaw. Hair is Clyde Hair. What does God mean? Uh, no, that's his username is Clyde Hair God, and he's a Kardashian <laughs> hairstylist. Clyde Hair God? Sorry, it's yes. like a, it's, is it the brother of Food God by any chance? You know, they Clyde, both are Kardashian groupies. So Clyde Hair God and Food God styled Danny Michelle, and she's wearing a $1,400 Aaron Preston dress. So you're with this timeline of events. What are you trying to show us? I was just trying to, cause okay, we know she files for divorce on November 3rd. It's got to, something's got to be taking place beforehand. And so I'm trying to figure out like what is going on in the show versus what is going on in real life. And so I'm putting the makeup artist just because, I mean, they, it's a, they're very expensive. And so yeah. I really was wanting to figure out like how much money is being spent in glam as we're going on. Um, and I just put the dress prices just cause I find that stuff interesting. I do want to clarify that. I don't know if that's the price she paid. She could have gotten it for free. She could have returned it, but that's I what just the, put the retail price. is. Okay. And how exactly. much does Maria Shaw, how much does, does Mr. Hair God cost to, to rent him out? Like how much do these people charge for their work? Um, so I, I did that on like the pr- previous post, I think one down and these are all like estimates. Um, I kind of got them from like, there was a Harper's Bazaar article about it, but, like Claire, ha- Claire, I mean, Clyde hair God goes for about $2,000 a session. Excuse me. What'd you say? Uh, $2,000. <laughs> I'll do it for 50 bucks. Erica, are you $2,000 a session? Yeah. She she needs to go to jail. She needs to go to. I mean, that's that's insane. Two thousand. 
Okay. And I'm looking at here, this uh, Harush Achaman, $1,500 an hour and has been a Kardashian regular throughout the years. And then Maria Shaw is Harush's assistant. She's $1,000 an hour. Then this girl, Danny Michelle, and currently styles Kendall, Courtney, and Kristen Cavallari on her, I wonder if she styled her hookup with Austin this weekend. Uh, she's $1,500 a day. And then the hairstylist, you're right, they're more, they're like two grand. Then there's some cheapos that only charge a thousand Castillo and Lorenzo Calderon. They must not be as good as the two grand ones. Um, and then Lala Alea, who is, we know Erica's assistant. We've seen her on multiple seasons. We don't know how much she gets paid, but I mean, what do you, I mean, like if her assistant is reading this, like must be livid if she's getting like 20 an hour or something, you know? Exactly. And I noticed, yeah, she did her hair on a few trips. Um, and so I was like, I wonder, you know, if she's trying to save a little money. Well, I mean, this brings up this point of, uh, I had said on the, uh, maybe I or I mean to, I've been meaning to say this is this third episode of Real Houses of the Beverly Hills or their trip to Lake Tahoe, Erica doesn't have glam with her. And we could say, of course, that's because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. That's a good reason. But do you notice how Erica seems to be dressing down? Yeah, she seems this um, ep these episodes at least. Yeah, I mean, I definitely when I see her, I I mean, maybe this is me projecting, but I think she's like has a lot going on in her head and everything. She's just kind of like, you know, she's not, you know, starting any arguments. She's not questioning anybody. She's just kind of there. And you guys, she's trying to be this salt of the earth. I keep saying, cause it's really reminds me of like, I'm a brassy broad, you guys. Like she has multiple lines in the third episode, especially where she's like, there's hot food. I'm going to eat, you know, like I'm going to fill my belly. It's I'm, I eat a full meal, you guys. And she's playing along with this martini prank where old Erica would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is this shit? Yeah. Like, the first like couple seasons she would have been like talking about how expensive the caviar was that she was eating you know and like it completely different yeah like and i don't know why like i was talking to sarah about it and i she did not seem to like this didn't seem to stick out and it was the first thing i noticed was she was dressed all in black her makeup was subdued and of course she's doing it herself but it, you know you still have dorit doing her louis vuitton you know workout outfit and, yeah, she's and whole other you know uh you know you have these kind of big outfits like you know kyle always dresses like she's in mumford and sons with the big hats and the <laughs> you know the ponchos and stuff like that kathy has the uh sayings on all her t-shirts kathy's using some of the most expensive eardrops known to men in her eyes so we know she's spending money <laughs> but uh it, it, it's one of those things where i was like wait a sec we're noticing and she was more sympathetic she was more listening and there were two lines and well she they were driving to go do that like silly little uh, train track thing and she says oh i know that um this is where the most fugitives hide out uh in america is in this town and they said how do you know that and she's like i forgot where i heard it from but isn't that a bizarre fact to like pull out of your ass yeah i mean obviously she heard it from like who else tom like she doesn't have any friends really you know well it also brings up, and you point this out in one of your posts. I'm trying, I don't know which one exactly, but the 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 first was it the first episode or the second uh, the second episode, the two truths and a lie. They play this game of two truths and a lie. And we saw that in the preview, and you saw it on the show, two truths and a lie. And Erica's is what is Erica's? It's it's uh she was 
she worked for the mob, right? She worked for the mafia? Mafia. Uh, she wore a wire and she was a witness in a government. Uh, what, okay, sorry. The first one was, I wore a wire and was a witness in a government case. Second one is, I'm adopted. And the third is, I used to work for the mafia. Okay. And so, great. We're going to find out which of the two truths and which of the lie. And then she goes... I'm not going to, I can't tell you right. I can't tell you right now. And kind of refers to like, you know, we're on camera, but I'll like, tell you privately, I'll tell you privately. There's no privately when you're on these shows, but also in <laughs> retrospect for everything, why this season is so chilling three episodes in is because we already know what happened. So my initial reaction was like, did she wear a wire against Tom? I don't think so. I thought about this a lot. I don't think so because the judge did not even know yet that that money had been taken. And I don't think they would go on like the judge wouldn't know for another over a month. And I don't think that the U S government would let all these orphans and widows. And as Dreet says in um, Indonesia, keep going on without their money, you know? So but that's how- why I feel like, and she wouldn't admit it on TV without any like indictments yet. It would be great if like every time she says one of these lines, she looks directly at the camera and winks. She's like, wink, because, you know, that's what you think. Like, in fact, there's a a very chilling little scene in the preview where they kind of like, you know what I'm talking about, where she's in the back of the car and she looks looks at the camera. Yes, that's what I thought. It's like the most chilling, like it it gives me creepo vibes every time I see it, because it's like it's like that scene in the movie where, you know, the person is the killer. You know? Yeah, you know they're going for the By the way, I, 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 I hate to break it to you. There are movies where there are killers. I know you don't watch movies, so it's not just stoves. There's there's actual murder mysteries. I do. I did. I do like older movies, like Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> movies. I okay. do like Rear Window. She could star in that one. So you break down all of these dates, each one of these, you and your partner, each one of these outfits, uh, how much each one of these outfits cost. Uh, you're even saying, you know, so we know she took um, she took a makeup artist, an assistant on one of the trips. So add on the hotel costs for them. I mean, you are really breaking this down even into you go into February even and February, she is still spending money she's still getting her hair done she's still getting styled february is this this story has already broken so she is still getting fully styled fully made up we're making fun of her eyebrows in the talking head with the red outfit but at the same time now i'm getting super paranoid is she throwing certain things off to you know what i'm saying like am i getting too like deep into thought here is like is she like making her eyebrows look like Groucho Marx's eyebrows to be like, oh, she must be poor now and she doesn't have any money. I mean, you're asking the wrong person because I overanalyze everything about her too. Did like, we I just think she become best know. friends? Yeah. Um, I mean, because I even saw like, you know, with that one case, the Rui Gomez case, um, you know, he's owed $11 million. He was in that stand. Wait, say that case again. What is that case? The Rui Gomez he was a burn victim. He's owed $11 million from Tom. Yes. Okay. It was in my latest post on, okay. um, so oh, he's so, owed so 11. Where, mil- this, this is in chapter two. Where did the money go? The timing of it all. Correct. Yes. Is that where this? Yes. Is yeah. So he yeah. is owed 11 million. He's a burn victim from a gas explosion in 2010. So he's and- still owed this money. She and Erica was served twice, you say, in person starting in May of 2020 
yeah. to appear in court and to produce documents for a judge. So what this says, you guys, is that Erica Jane is aware of an aspect of this where Tom owed a burn victim $10 million was served in person. Why was somebody served in person twice? Wouldn't once just, we got her with it once. Why, why twice? You know, I'm not exactly, I didn't quite get, it. I just know it is twice. There were a lot of complications with this. Cause like he was, um, you know, he paid like 1 million, but he still owed 11. Yeah. Million. You guys, this is the thing that he would do too. Is that he would pay a little bit of the judgment and then just kind of disappear on them. Yeah. And he would say, we have to go to arbitration with like these uh, retired judges who he would take on trips. Yeah. Like it's like the Golden Globe uh, uh, voters. Like they, the movie studios used to take the 96 Golden Globe um, people that, that would vote on Golden Globes. There's only 96 of them and they'd wine and dine them to try to like get like shitty movies to potentially win a Golden Globe. But she even has uh, information here of when the person was served. One of the served was on May 22nd, 2020 at 12.03 p.m. And one was at September 28th, 2020 at 2.52 p.m. So, I mean, there is a, a three-month difference in there, which is just so interesting. But did she didn't ever appear? No. So she was supposed to appear on October 22nd. She did not. I don't know. I don't think she, I don't know if she was a no-show. I don't really, I didn't really get that vibe from it. I got the vibe that maybe she said that she couldn't appear because she was out of town was her excuse. So you say this is right in the middle of filming. You might be one wondering what happened during her appearance. Well, nothing because she didn't go because she was quote unquote out of town and unavailable. Um, yes. So you say, guess what else happened on October 22nd, 2020? The Pretty Mess Clubhouse was listed for rent. Now, you guys know we saw it last season for the first time, and we saw it this season already in a scene with Sutton where she has like a bat cave where EJ Global <laughs> works out of where it's just like where she gets styled and holds her costumes. There's no need for this because I've seen a lot of photos of the Pasadena mansion, and there's plenty of room for all that shit over there. Mm -hmm. um, remember, you guys, she also has an overflow room in the Pasadena mansion that we got to see on the first episode as well. But so they listed this for rent on October 22nd, 2020. Yes. And it's in a well-known building. Yes. Um, but wait, a side note, those 18 racks, you know what? I was almost, I thought of this, you know how stressed she looked when she was in there. Yeah. I wonder if she was already thinking about how she's going to have to pack all that up. So, yeah, I mean, we were, and, and, and also what is your speculation in the sense that I was like, are the Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills producers trolling the F out of her? Because it feels like it doesn't help her case to like constantly be showing all of like the Erica Jane private collection of jewels, the closet, the, you know, they seem like they're really hit. They really hit that at least very hard for me in the first episode where I was like, this is ghastly. It really made you dislike Erica Jane even more. Yeah, but I kind of loved that the producers did that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think they did that? I mean, do you? Oh, yeah. I think it was like that, like, Bravo, like, wink that they talk about. You know, how it's like they have that little, like, the producers are kind of in on it, too. I will say to this day, too, the frustrating aspect is we don't know Erica Jane's mental state through this. We just see yeah. these shitty Instagram posts that make her seem really callous. And, like, we don't know 
In fact, this might be, these episodes will be the first kind of documentation, but they're being filmed. So you also have to realize they could be acted, you know, like these Mm -hmm. are like, she's going, it's like anything, you know, she's going to show us what she wants us to see. But that's why that I thought the interesting thing in the first episode was that I can't imagine she wanted us to see that. Like, I was like, what is the psychology behind even letting that happen? But she's still talking about Tom even on that Tahoe trip, you know? Like She didn't have to even mention anything about him. She was talking about Tom, or at least it was coming through in the episode more than we usually get her talking about Tom. And the also the thing is, there was like small things, like Erica Jane during the mission goes, uh, you know, during during COVID, I ate fast food every day. And Tom, Tom would get Morton's Steakhouse for every day for three months. And I said, Tom, you got to stop it. And Morton's is the one of the most expensive steakhouses. I mean, I think there's multiple Morton's locations, but like putting that information out there is kind of wild too, don't you think? Yeah. And in some of those lawsuits, he was claiming that he was sick during COVID. Like he was like in like July, August, that kind of area, you know, he was like in the hospital supposedly. In fact, we have voicemails, which I played in that December episode, you guys, where he was calling these people that he owed money to. He was like, come on, we're friends. I'm getting some tests done right now. I've got a little thing, but you know, let's work this out. We can work this out. I... I am very sympathetic to anybody with dementia and Alzheimer's. I have personal instances of that in my life, so I know how hard that is. Mm -hmm. But I do want to also put out the fact that if somebody has lied for decades and decades, it's not going to stop at a certain point. And especially, it possibly might ramp up when authorities get involved. So I hate to be untrusting and paranoid, but I do want to say Tom got here because he's a survivor. Tom got to this place because he did all of these things. And it's not like he's just going to bow down and lay down and just let whatever happens happen. So I do feel like this is possibly just a defense move, if anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the Lion Air case, you know, that money, they ha- there's documents of the money. The Lion Air is the airplane crash, correct? Yes, the Boeing one, the yeah. one that he, the ultimate one in December, he kind of set everything off. But there are documents of, you know, Boeing uh, wires the money to Tom. Um, and, you know, there's other lawyers in uh, Tom's firm who are working on this case, too. And, you know, they're, he, they have the emails, you know, of those lawyers emailing Tom and the, the bookkeeper, the accountant at, you know, Girardi's firm saying, you know, Boeing has... Uh, wired this amount of money and we need to wire it to this person like there are numerous accounts of that so also i wonder where's this bookkeeper because he's you know younger like he's in like his 40s or something like where's he's getting those emails about the wires all the way back in march so even if he has dementia i feel like if you're getting emails to send something to somebody i just don't know how it all you know yeah I mean, definitely. You, uh, you you put in the quote, you put in some quotes uh, from the show so far that Erica said, and she said, when you look good, you feel good. And, and so sometimes you just have to put things on just for yourself and just sort of be in your own little fantasy for a second. She's also said, mine was like, you know, very dark and t- talking about the COVID. Uh, like all of us, I'm busy all the time. And when I came home from New York, it was really silent. That was from the doing the Broadway show. 
And then when I didn't have anything to do, I was walking the halls of the house and I couldn't sleep and I, and I couldn't shake it and I couldn't shake it. It was feeling like this incredible dread. Who am I if I'm not working every day? I woke up at night. I dreaded waking up. So I called a psychiatrist and I went on Lexapro. That's an antidepressant. And it was the greatest thing. I did not want to have to see a psychiatrist. I felt that it was a sign of defeat. My problems are still there, but my attitude toward them is different because I was running too. There's so much that these women don't know about my life and about my personal life, because you know what? Everyone has problems, everyone. And the bigger your life is, the bigger your problems are. I'm down to two for the number one. They're duking it out. Wait, what is that? I'm down to two for the number one. They're duking it out neck and neck. What is that? That was about Tom and the dog. She only has two oh, people in her life. Oh, Tom and the dog. And so she paints this picture of it like being this, almost like you you picture this haunted mansion of just somebody, Erica Jane, just roaming the halls at night, just like touching the wood paneling. And we saw they were doing these things where they were showing the house, I believe, yeah. during some of this. And it was very, very eerie. Um, but I also don't know why then we also got Erica Jane presenting at the MTV Movie Awards a couple of weeks ago, fully styled, and she uh, came out and, you know, those pictures were in the Daily Mail as well. Um, and I uh, I live by where Erica Jane is renting a place, and mm-hmm. uh, me and my friend have walked past there multiple times because it was also right next <gasps> to the house that Army Hammer was yes. staying in. Um, and one of the times there was actually a production van that looked like they were either waiting for her. Uh, we walked around twice and I was very nervous about that. Cause that's kind of not my jam, but my friend was like, no, we gotta, we gotta, you know, no, and, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta get the scoop for us. <laughs> I just tackle her. Uh, you I'm didn't like the person didn't... who I see a crime scene. I like run to it. <laughs> but we also got all of those, um, you know, in the new year, we all already got the, you know, the, the um, down home Erica KFC and sweatpants where we got the very dramatic look to the camera and she, you know, stars, they're just like us kind of a thing. So I don't know what picture she's painting. Cause one moment it will be all of the riches and all of these like beautiful things on Instagram, you know, Fenty beauty, all of this stuff. And then another moment you'll do that KFC thing. And I just don't know where her head at. What is next in terms of your research of all of this? What is next in terms of the case? Like, where does the case go from here? Um, Yes, I'm really not sure exactly. I mean, I was trying to look at kind of all, because there were a lot of lawsuits that were filed this past year. So I was trying for a while to look at like, you know, what lawsuit was filed when and like if she had, you know, Instagram posts for all that. But that wasn't really like getting anywhere. Um, The hard thing with Erica, yeah, is that it goes back to, you know, one minute you kind of feel bad for, you know, she's talking about, you know, the depression and Lexapro and like, I've had anxiety and depression. Like I would, I'm 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 on Lex, I'm on Lexapro. Like I, I, it's one of the antidepressants I'm on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm on a different kind. So like, I definitely feel for her then, but then, you know, her other comment, like the bigger your life or whatever, you know, the bigger your problems. And it's just like, then, you know, I, it, I turn again. And so I mean, the only thing I, I mean, I'm really just want to see also what she's going to say. And I want to see how much she, cause I still don't know how much she knows, you know, I don't know when she found out and I don't know to what extent. And I just really want to know. 
So also on your account, uh, they have a um, uh, just listed the Girardi home is up for sale. Now the Pasadena house, which we've seen mm-hmm. multiple times in this show, the listing price is 13 million. Uh, you're looking at four bedroom, six bathroom, 10,277 square feet, only four bedrooms. Uh. Yeah. No, hey, no, okay. thank, no, thank you. I will not live there. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but the you, land is beautiful, though. No, though the land, you know, we've seen those the 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 garden and the the pool. And if you look at it from an aerial view, which you guys have a shot of on here, it is just incredible and kind of breathtaking in an old Hollywood kind of a way. And you yeah. guys even said, um, "Well, do you guys think anything has changed in the last twenty years?" And also. Uh, there's like a room with a barber chair in Tom's bathroom. Uh, you also were theorizing, do we think Erica slept in the master or the palm tree room? Um, I, I don't know why. It just really upsets me that there's only four rooms. I've always, that's always bothered me, these huge houses. And you're like, well, you, can, you can't even have that many people like spend the night there. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no, you can't have slumber parties there. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, because the son lives there too. Her son. Well, I guess not anymore, but he used to. Um, that's oh yeah. In fact, I know somebody that used to date the son for a couple of years. And uh wow. Um, so we don't know. It's yet to be determined what Erica Jane will face, if any. I mean, do we know how close this is? Like, like she will be charged with something? I mean, we know she's served and she's named because Tom and these personal loans. But like, what is the liability on that? How easy is it for Eric to get out? I mean, do we already know like Erica's going to skate? Like she's not going to be involved at all in this? Do we? Do we? Do, can no. You Oh. Well, and we don't even know, um, well, because like uh, no criminal charges have been charged at all. Um, the judge in Chicago, you know, uh, unsealed um, the documents, you know, and sent them like to the prosecutors, you know, to look into it. But no charges have been filed. And for the money, though, in the bankruptcy case, um, the both bankruptcies, you know, the personal Tom's personal one and the company's one are both hiring lawyers, though, to look into um, Erica's assets. And I mean, is this something like is there some alert you have set up that you know exactly when something's filed or something? Is this something you have to check on a daily basis? And I know I know that there was some guy, this lawyer who seems like really have a boner for housewives sh- stuff wrong. No, he's Richards. trying to be hired. He's trying. The bankruptcy court is trying to hire him to go after Erica. Yeah, well, he he's definitely already going after Erica. He's been going after Erica on Twitter all the time. This guy, Ronald yes. Richards, but then he's like also talking about other housewives now. So it's like, I don't know if he's just like the housewives lawyer and I, I've never spoken with him, uh, but he does have a lot of information on his account as well. If you guys are looking for more information, but now like he's talking about Jen Shaw, Michael Avenatti, just all of the, um, what looks kind of like celebrity rehab of lawsuits. Um <laughs> She, um, uh, they filed though, I'm having a mind blank, but, um, they filed, you know, uh, claim that they did not want him to like be employed, which if I was Erica, I would file that too, because that guy has been coming for her since the beginning. So I just don't even know, like, he's definitely not, you know, like neutral in any sort of way. And we do know that, uh, I believe I had read even a court document that said they were requesting to be able, or Tom was requesting to be able to stay in the house while they were selling it. Yes. I don't know if that's true or not. So I think, 
Yes, and I think he is. Um, the court documents about his office are really interesting um, because they talk about how like the lower the lower level, there are just boxes of like magazines or the whatever, you know, that has like his face on it. Like the top lawyer ones, he would buy like cases full of those, like rooms full of those. That's fast. <laughs> Jeez, that's talk about your bad garage sale items. Um, so, I mean, we don't know, um, you know, he, I, I'm just reading real quickly, like some of the things he said, but he was watching the first episode and he said initial privilege comments about the first episode. There was a complete waiver of the psychiatrist patient privilege, and there was an admission of being under the influence of Lexapro. This was one of many admissions that the show has provided thus far, thus far. But I believe in doing that, I believe in the information that they have revealed so far on this season has opened up Erica to other legal uh, legal actions because like once you bring that into it or provide information about that, mm-hmm. it then becomes a matter of public record, I believe. Yes, I did. My dad is a lawyer. He is helping me investigate this. Wait, wait, wait. Just is, off- is 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 your dad um your dad isn't Tom Girardi, is he? No, 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 no. That would be, oh, be I'm like, no wonder she knows all of this. Yeah. No, and he is no, he thinks it's the wildest thing ever. And he kind of um is just a little bit confused about why I'm so into it. But I was showing him that and he says that what Ronald Richards was tweeting, yeah, is not correct. Um, because he was saying that just because she's on, like said that she's on Lexapro doesn't mean that like the whole um psychiatrist like patient privilege is waived. So I think that like sometimes he has like a little bit of an extreme reaction. Yeah. Um, he also says the trustee of Girardi's um, personal estate is shoring up loose ends with the major creditors. Now, creditors, of course, are the people that want their money. Um, California Attorney Lending 2 resolved its claim of $6,500,000. Uh, the motion references the Rugi, Rugi Gomez, or however you say his name that we talked yeah. about, claim of almost $12 million, and they are working in tandem uh, Ruiz Gomez recorded a lien on Girardi's house first, but Cal Lending recorded a UCC lien on personal property first. So they're all trying to go over the same, they're all trying to get the same money. The bottom oh, line, yeah. he says, is over $18 million is going to these two creditors first using an 80-20 split with the unsecured creditors. Uh, and he says, let's see how this motion plays out. Uh, there's even a thing with like, he owes money on on on. Gulfstream airplanes and a 2000 Beechcraft super. Like the guy is only oh, money, everything. he's hemorrhaging money everywhere. Um, do we know like how much money it would take for this all to go away? And at this point, um, can he just pay the money and walk away? Is there any, you know, when you do this, there's also then, isn't there a legal thing with like the state and with the California Bar Association that would put somebody behind? Like, even if he came up with the money wouldn't he still have to go to jail? Well, I think that's what the prosecutors in Illinois are looking into. Like, will he be sent to jail? Like, will there be criminal charges? I think the state bar was looking at uh, revoking his license. I think he still technically has his license, but they said he wouldn't practice law anymore, which is kind of infuriating in itself. Um, But I mean, I don't think, I mean, the money's well over, like I think 40 or 50 million. 
Yeah, he does I mean, not so own. Got, but by the way, this is the definition of criminal behavior. So yes, and I think that's exactly why he's using the Alzheimer's, uh, you know, dementia thing is because I think there is potentially a sympathy thing. But I don't know. Like, do you know anything about that? Like, you know, if you have Alzheimer's dementia, I, I think you can still go to prison, right? Yeah, I mean, and technically, I'm pretty sure Alzheimer's they can't diagnose like a fit like a hundred percent until you pass away. Cause they can't like do the brain imaging. And like, I think he's only had one person look at him. And so I don't know. I mean, and nobody's I gotten think, a, nobody's gotten a picture of Tom Girardi since all this has gone down. Have they? No, like he has been like, I guess he's in his, but well, I he's getting, he, he's getting Morton's every day delivered. He, I mean, there was a robbery at his house supposedly, but I think he's also, he was also sending emails to people like well into January and everything. So well after he was already technically like, you know, not with it. Um, you said there was a robbery at his house that did happen, which is another kind of bizarre thing. Like, what do we think that robbery mm-hmm. is about? Because a lot of people speculated that like, was Erica Jane breaking in to take some of Erica Jane's stuff? Like what, what was being taken from the property? I, I don't know. And I don't think they know because I don't think they knew what was there in the first place. I think Erica's thing right now is that, you know, she has, I think, supposedly all the jewelry and all that kind of stuff. And she's saying it's a gift. But I think that, you know, it I think that's a legal issue. They're going to have to figure out, I guess, California's divorce laws or whatever, saying, you know, there's a fine line between like, was it actually like really a gift or was it, you know, is it joint property? And the creditors, the, mm-hmm. the creditors can come after like the EJ personal collection of jewelry and all that stuff, which has got brought up on the show. I mean, that is, I mean, that you're saying it's a, she's saying it's a gift. So it's protected if it's a gift. Yes. So I think her lawyers are going to fight it's a gift and the other lawyers are going to fight that. No, it's community property. But I think she, I looked into her lawyer and he seems pretty good. So. Course, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would think so. I mean, well, and so the last thing though I want to bring up is that I, I've heard rumors or, or speculation that, um, you know, that, that she is in on this with Tom and that they have, uh, you know, he has a huge amount of money stocked away somewhere that Erica Jane will have access to and that she is aware of like offshore accounts or something like that. Have you heard anything like that? I, make I mean, that I heard... I heard that in the beginning. Um, and I mean, by all accounts, looking at her, she acts like she still has all this money. Um, the thing, though, is I don't know, because I've been looking at a lot of Tom's cases back to the 90s. And, you know, he'll say he gets this like $300 million judgment. But then you go back and look that actually like, OK, that's what the jury ruled. But then the judge actually only approved like, you know, like 20 million or something like that. So it's like he acts as if he's had all these huge things. But when you go look at the finer details, it's like, okay, well, he only represented like three out of like a hundred of the clients, you know? So obviously he didn't get that whole judgment and then he's getting, Oh, sorry. No, I'm saying and the initial thing was the reason why we know uh, Tom before even Beverly Hills was, you know, <laughs> Girardi Crease. That, that was the company, the Aaron Brockovich that won the 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 PG uh, water thing. And they still you know? haven't all been paid, <laughs> which is wild. You guys, I mean, Aaron Brockovich needs to come get Tom. But like Girardi Crease, that that law firm still has active cases going, I believe. Yeah, but I mean, that's also how I don't know if that Erica, like, because that law firm, I think they started with 
don't quote me on the exact numbers, but maybe like 45 lawyers at the end of 2019. And by like 2020 May, I think they were like half of those lawyers were still there. Like his son-in-law quit. He moved on in like May 2020. By the end of like by October, they were down to like 10 lawyers there. Like from a year before it was 45 down to 10. Like I don't, obviously the signs are, you know, there. So I don't know. You know, well, I mean, we are about to be in for if you like the first three episodes, I, I think we're about to be in for a really amazing season because we know it's not just Erica Jane at this point. We've got Sutton acting like a damn fool. We got all of these other plot lines. Kathy bringing the comedy. I really think this could be potentially just a groundbreaking season because we also got to pay attention to this on how the, the show handles. This will give us a clue in potentially how Real Housewives of Salt Lake City will handle the Jen Shaw of it all, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's a whole other. I mean, yeah, we'll have to come back on for that because I think, you know, we already got court dates for that in October. They've already finished filming the second season of Salt Lake City, and I think they're going to do a third uh, trying to get in back to back. Um, But I'm I have a feeling the the court date will probably get moved, though. Yeah, that's what it seems like with these things. But Jen is like all accounts is acting like innocent as can be, not a care in the world. I mean, I don't know what the psychology of all of these people are, you know? I think the whole, I think it's the whole, like they've gotten away with it for this long. So they don't even think it's possible for them to be touched, you know? Like they just think they're like invincible. It's all, it's all ego. All of this, you know, the housewives exist because of ego. And yeah. You know, what's so interesting is that also you mentioned Erica Jane's book earlier. Erica Jane's book was ghostwritten by Brian Moylan, who just released the Real Housewives book that we all bought. Uh, I yes. think a lot of us bought this last week. And it's, you know, I, and I know Brian uh, really likes or, you know, likes Erica and has, you know, kind of remained quiet on a lot of this. Uh, but I would be fascinated to hear what he thinks of this. And I know he's always, always stuck up for Erica. So it is one of those things when I think it's like pretty obvious, you know, you never know. Like the, the thing is like, we don't really know what the real truth is. And I hope we do find out, but these first three episodes of real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I, I feel like it's been pretty weird, not, uh, not damning, but like weirdly not in Erica's favor. Exactly. And I don't ever know. Is it like, are the people who are close to them just like, are they charmed by him? Cause you know, everyone says like yeah, Tom's yeah. charming well, yeah, or but- are we the ones who are like off, you know? Well, no, I mean, I think he genuinely, when you, you have to be charming to get to that spot. You have to yeah. be, and remember Tom was in charge. Weirdly enough, this is not even like legal or supposed to happen. He was in charge of the financials of his law firm. Like usually that's handed off to a CFO or something or like a, you know, but he handled that money. So he was the only person supposedly with access to these bank accounts. So yeah. he was very aware of what was happening. Like, and he was very aware to the point where he was handling it when he wasn't supposed to be handling the the money that you got from these judgments. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, it's my dad, he, you know, he was saying that, I mean, at their firm, it's like, yeah, there is, there's a CFO. And then like every, all the partners see all the financials, you know, it's not like one person is looking at it for 45 lawyers. Um, I, I like, I was trying to think of something funny to lighten it up at the very end here. 
um, you know, like, it's it is dark. So I, I mean, like, I'm like, Kathy, can Kathy Hilton come out and say something stupid right now? Um, exactly. I cannot, I mean, but I got to tell you, it's, I feel like a kid on Christmas morning on Wednesday, we're going to see the divorce part of this. We're going to see all of the housewives get hit with the information that Erica and Tom are divorcing. And I think that's all we get, you know? the last minute i bet it's gonna be like because you know we still have stuff at the tahoe house and the stuff that we saw in the preview of them all finding out they're in their own bathrooms all of the ladies finding out yeah um but i'm excited though for the documentary too i think that's gonna be yeah, the documentary is Monday, June 14th, you guys, I believe, and it's on Hulu. It is in partnership with ABC because I was like, wow, they really advertise this exactly like a 2020 ABC special, and it turns out it is. So I think we're all going to be tuning in for that. What is next? Bone Collector, what is next for the team of Bravo Bone uh, Collector? What, what what are you guys working on next? What do you got in the hopper? I feel like you probably have some ideas in the fire. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really um, right now digging into – Really like um, specifically the Boeing Lion Air case, you know, those um, what's kind of going to be in the documentary, I think um, really just seeing like what all did Tom know and when and how did it get this far with this? Because like they still don't have their money in Indonesia. Mm, that's crazy. So, so I think, yeah. Um, but in terms of like even away from Erica Jane, do you have other things that are like raising your alarms that you're like, I got to look into this. I know you talked about the Kardashians uh, a second ago or when we first started, but is there other things of like, I got to look into this. This might make a good story. Well, I've, I spent a lot of time on Jin Shaw too, in that whole case. Cause that case goes back. I mean, years. Wait, it goes back years. Yes. So this is the second, um, this is the, she is like the 11th uh, one indicted in the Chidi case. The Chidi case is attached to this case called the Ketabachi case. And so um, the Ketabachi case, I think, started a couple of years ago. And there's probably like 11 people who were either found guilty in trial or they pled guilty. And those are the ones who I think are talking. So they're, they turned on, been, they turned on Jen. Yeah. Or they've turned on if she's found, yeah, guilty, I guess. But they are the ones who they all try to get deals and they were, you know, have been turning. So it has a ton of stuff. And by the looks of it, it's not looking too good. I don't know what just popped in my mind right now, but there used to be this thing when I was a kid called the Columbia CD Club, where you would pay a penny and they would give you eight CDs, you guys. This is when before MP3s. And then you had to buy like, four cds from them for like an astronomical amount of money and you would only get this as a kid because you're like a penny i get 12 like eight cds amazing and then you would be like dodging the columbia bill collectors for the rest of your high school experience i don't even know why that popped in my head but i would love if somebody could bring them to justice i just feel like some that was like some kind of ponzi scheme i don't know um uh what else is uh i mean what's your favorite show right now to watch is it beverly hills um yeah i mean i always love new york um i still love new york i don't think new york needs a time i mean uh, i don't think they need storylines no that i mean they fi- I, I, yeah. I mean i think they need more cast members i don't i mean oh, I, I agree i think it's an awkward i mean i think it's just a disjointed season but i still i mean i'm still gladly watching it yeah so um new york um i want to get into uh family karma 
I yeah. did not watch the first season, so I want to go back and watch that from um, first season. Um, and then, I mean, we really just go till you know, whatever, whatever. Oh, Simon and Fallon and Portia. That's a great one, too. Simon, Fallon, and Portia. I talked about this on Monday's episode for a second, but when is Fallon's uh, YouTube uh, tell-all coming out? I'm that's... not sure, but the talk of shame, she covers it. Like she's amazing at covering it. So that is who I am watching for that one. Um, <laughs> I found the divorce documents. I posted those. Um, but now for this special, I'm going towards, I'm going to her, but we did really the, wait, did the divorce documents her... say anything interesting in it? Um, it was just about how, well, I know at first Portia was saying that, you know, he filed for divorce in January, which he did, but then he dismissed it. He filed again in February. Um, it talks about some of their houses. Um, not like it wasn't too much because I they have a prenup and that wasn't published or wasn't revealed. Um, but you know, we got some dates, we confirmed some things. Yeah. In terms of legalities though, like what is it like, you know, you can find certain papers and you can't find others. Like if I was like had anything in the court system, I would want them to be like under lock and key. Like, what is the right of information that we have and when does it get to be where we don't get to see things? Um, you can find, I, I mean, I didn't know this. You can find like a ton of stuff on there. Um, the problem is even knowing, like, I think the hardest part is knowing where to look for it. Um, cause like in LA, like Los Angeles County, you have to pay to search by name, but if you know the court case number, you can search for free, but who knows the number, you know? So you just punch in a bunch of random numbers and just see what you get. No, I thought, Find them on. I spent a full. Uh, I've spent a small fortune on court documents. But how, wait, how much? How much does it cost to like search like a, a name? Oh well, not just the name, but you have to. I have to. You buy the individual documents. Oh my god! You don't just get to read them and like take a photo with your phone. Um, if it's state like California, no. But like the federal case, like Jen Shaw's case um federal is well it's kind of free technically it's not but if you don't spend 45 dollars, then you get it for free <laughs> oh my god i wonder how much i would love to know what the biggest grossing case has been for people getting court documents like what the most money like a case has brought in like we've really I sold mean, a I lot bet, of these documents i bet law firms they spend like an exponential amount of money well, that's another thing for the the judicial system. If you guys want to make an extra buck, if anybody's listening, just sit outside the Jen Shaw case with like court documents. You can sell them. You can get her to sign them or something, you know, like that would be a great cottage industry if they're not thinking, you know, down the line, I think. I mean, I know. I think we could just go and hand them out, you know, charge a little bit outside the courthouse. Um the Hidden Hills thing that you said earlier blew my mind of they have notes for their meetings. Yes. I mean, that really, that is so cool. And it's such a weird, that's such an interesting way to find out information. Uh, before I let you go, we had a rumor today. I don't even know how this rumor got started or if it's just a rumor, if there's factual information behind it. But Real Housewives of Orange County, of course, is the only Bravo show that has no, uh, they haven't really had plans yet to film. Like even Dallas supposedly had started test shooting today for their new season. And I was even kind of curious if that would come back or not, but OC is yeah. the one where we got no information. We don't know anything really. But then today there was a rumor that Tamara Barney and Heather Dubro were coming back to the show. Uh, what is your opinion on this? I think I, I would like them both back on the show. I mean, I think 
I was one of those who didn't like Tamara at the end and, you know, wanted her off. And then when she was off, I missed her. Um, so I think that they, I loved, I liked Heather on the show. I think she does bring kind of, you know, the aspirational part that we talk about. Who knows if it's real money or not, you know, <laughs> not getting well, into that one today. You know, I mean, I actually do think like, I mean, I was livid when Heather DeBro didn't come on for another season because we never got to see that mansion being complete. Like, we didn't oh, get to I see know. the champagne room. We didn't get to see like you they had to built watch her house. YouTube channel. And I did not. I will not do that. Like, but I wanted to Me see either. that. And like, it was so frustrating to like, I felt like I was waiting for that house to be built. And so when we didn't get to see it, it as a huge jip, Tamara, I do not want it on at all because Blocked by Jax talked about this today. We would have to have fucking Ryan, her son, who is pretty much one of the, like just a really disgusting guy for so many reasons that I'm not going to go into here, but I don't, I don't have any desire to have him have a mouthpiece at all on that show. You know? Yeah. I don't know if I can do another uh, season with Shannon though. I was well, really not I'm feeling not, her. I'm not fighting for. I mean, I I dipped out on Shannon when she started doing cream cheese salmon stuff. I was like, "What? Like, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. who the fuck is buying cream cheese salmon?" But anyways, um, I, I I I'm curious, but I'm curious who put this out, this rumor, if it is any kind of truth to it, because it really would give a little bit of a push for what OC needs right now is some kind of excitement after just such a, I don't even know what I would call last season, and it was just just bizarre like a fever dream it, it felt like a pandemic season you know it was just yeah. kind of like that yeah it was not you know it was just a little depressing um Bron- what do you think of bronwyn um i mean i'm not a huge bronwyn fan i think this past year it was a lot i mean personally i know it's her choice but i just think it's a lot to you know like be on this journey on tv with everything thing going on in your life a thousand percent a thousand thousand percent um well uh bravo bone collector is the account you guys it's a great account uh go follow it uh i i know uh there are like i said a handful of accounts that do these kind of deep dive works but i think it really adds such a a really interesting viewing experience to what we see these kind of, it's kind of like additional materials. Like in school, I wouldn't pay attention to this shit, but in Bravo world, I do. (laughs) So it's like really fun at like night when you're just kind of like poking around, you don't have to do it. It's already been done for you. And that's why I think there's such a, audience for these type of accounts so go give it a follow it's a it's a relatively new one but i think you guys are coming on strong right now uh is there anything else that we uh can promote with you or anything else you want the audience to know no not really no we just kind of whatever pops up we you know if we're interested we cover it if not we don't and it's both of our hobbies like I work full time and then the other one, she has two full time jobs. We really just do it like Jeez. as a hobby to have fun. Um and yeah. That's it, really. Well, and just and just to you, I mean, I strongly recommend just to maybe try out a movie again someday, like to see if that <laughs> really. I think you're going to be blown away with some of the things they can do with technology now. I think you might. Be, My uh, example of the burners was bad. <laughs> I just meant. <laughs> I just, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try another one. Well, we'll have to talk to you again for more Jen Shaw, Erica Jane stuff down the line, but thank you so much for spending all of this time with us today. We really appreciate it. Yes. No, thank you. Five, four. Betches.